Welcome to Dual Win Games episode 18. Today on Table Talk, we have our first ever Ryan's Roundtable. We review Through the Ages and Mombasa, and we start looking into the top 250 games on Board Game Geek. We are your hosts. Ryan. Michael. Hey folks, this is Tim. Hi Tim. Hi Michael. Welcome back. Good to be back. Yeah. Kind of. By popular demand? Ugh. Let's not go that far. Well, no one just came out and said, don't have them back, so. Yeah, no one said the reverse of that either, but. Right. So middle ground, here he is. I think Aaron said he wants him gone. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) Well, what have you been playing recently? A new game for me that I recently played was Castles of Burgundy. Okay. And uh, Michael played that with me quite a few a few times already, too. This is one of your Gen Cant pickups, right? Yep, my one Gen Cant pickup. Oh, okay. Sorry. One yeah. of the one. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, it's a Feld game, very popular, and I can see why. It's like, it's a medium weight, I would say, but it's on the lighter end of that, but it's just a lot of fun. Basically, you have your little estate board, you're rolling some dice... And with those dice, you take your actions, you're either pulling buildings or different land types type of thing, like castles or animals, off of the main board, depending on the die value, you're pulling from different sections, and then putting them into the storage area of your estate, or you're taking them from that area and putting them onto your player board following the dice values. And then certain things that you put on your player board in your estate break the rules like you may be able to when you place a castle you get another free action um, when you place a certain building you can immediately place another tile down things like that um, the dice are mitigated pretty well too you can use workers to um, plus or minus one on your die rolls and okay. things that was, like that that was going to be my biggest question because I'm not always huge on Dice placement games that you can't that you're kind of just stuck with your roll. No, you never. I mean, so, you spe- you can spend an action to get two workers, one of your dice, which is going to help you later. Um, sometimes, if you're stuck and you don't get the die rolls you need, you just spend a dice and get workers to prepare for the future. Okay. Um, there's also special ability tiles too that you know. There's one where you get you know an extra four instead of two and. Just some different different things ones there. are uh, your workers are plus or minus two instead of plus or minus one. Just little things here and there that help okay. mitigate all that stuff. And there's some coins you can use to buy. There's a you know kind of a group in the middle that you can purchase from um, as a bonus action as well. So I just you know I like that game with you know you know trying to your your kind of your puzzle out there of you know the different colored tiles and you're trying to you know find you know kind of have a strategy. Um, you know, as far as which ones you're going to be going for, and then the tactics within each round, as far as, well, how am I going to get, you know, those are the ones, you see the ones out there that you're going to want to get, how are you going to go about getting them, and, you know, when do you want to use those workers to, you know, to change those dice rolls? Mm-hmm. It's a nice little puzzle. Yep. It's kind of cool, too, when you fill out, like, there's a clump of, say, blue spaces, like a clump of four. The bigger the clump is, the more points you get. And there's five rounds or years in the game. And the earlier year that you complete that, you'll get more points as well. But then, so obviously, if you complete a clump of one, 
it's one point, but then you might get ten points doing it in the first year, where in the last year you get still one point, but two bonus points. So the stuff, the little areas basically that you complete earlier are still worth quite a bit of points because they're worth earlier in the game completing it. I suppose like an area of eight might get you 50 points, but it's only going to get you two of those bonus points. Just little things like that. It's, it's scoring points for everything. Okay, I like that. Sounds good. I've been hearing a lot of good things about it. Yeah, I like that the there's a lot of different board options too, so you're not doing the same board every time. I think that would get a little old, but you know, with all those different boards that you can choose from, I think the replayability is gonna yeah gonna be there for this then, one. I think I think there's eight or ten or something. Not like full blown massive, but like mini expansions, different things where they add new tiles or okay. new player boards or. I played with Sarah last night and I lost again, so I Good, never you're, won. You're over a, <laughs> a whole bunch, or something like that. <laughs> really? And she was like, "Yeah, I think this game uh, intriguing, the, isn't it? It <laughs> is. <laughs> that's just getting even better." I, so that's I was saying the other interest. night, I was like, "Well, I got to play Tim so I can win a game here. I'll just <laughs> not explain the rules very well, like what's important and stuff." Yeah, right. Don't then, tell oh, me how to score whoops, points. Oh, I screwed at the that end. up. <laughs> but uh, I think she said I was in her top five for sure. Oh wow! So well, she's beaten you a few times now. Yeah, that's probably half the reason. We'll see if you ever beat her, see if that rating comes <laughs> yeah. down a little bit. So the game itself, though, um, Tim, it's kind of got your negative thing with the uh, the art is not very appealing. It looks very blah. Okay. It's kind of boring. Yeah. The and the components aren't that great. They're, they're fine. They're serviceable, but they're on the thinner side of that. Yeah, they're not big, chunky pieces at all. Yeah. yeah, like you said, they're not super flimsy, but they're not a... Yeah. They don't hurt the game, but they certainly don't help it. Yeah, when I was playing, I didn't really even didn't bother really me at all. I didn't. No, but so it'll be one that you have to pick for me. Yeah, it'll yeah. be like the Concordia effect. <laughs> yep, it's not as bad an art as Concordia. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, or at least the <laughs> the box cover. The box cover. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. What about you guys? What have you guys been playing? Uh, a new one that Aaron picked up. I think he said it was a Goodwill find. Like you oh. found it for like yep. $7 uh, with the yeah. expansions. Zuluretto. That one when he, he brought it out. I mean, there's some animals on there. That's cute and everything, but I really enjoyed that game. Is it because you won? This is his uh, first play, though, so I think he I knows. Oh, yeah. yeah nice. I enjoyed it. Like We were halfway through. It was like, oh, I kind of like this. <laughs> you know, you're, you, you're picking out of a bag, and you got a bunch of carts. I think they're trucks, they're called. Yep. Um and there, you can place up to three tiles on them. So you pick one, and then you pass it to the next person. They can either pick one or take one of the trucks. And you know, just deciding you know when you want to start taking those trucks. You don't have to wait till they're full, but you want know, to see something there. You want you're putting those on your on your farm. There's a few different farm spaces and a, a barn and that. So you're just kind of trying to fill up each each of the different spaces with one particular animal. Yeah, it basically. has, it has kind of that uh, push your luck because when you, you're blindly drawing out of that bag, so on your turn, one of your actions or your only action can be to draw a tile out and add it to a truck. So do you want to do that or do you want to take the truck that you need even though it's not full? So you're kind of trying to weigh what other people have around the table and what you want. So you're trying to fill the trucks up? No. Well, you you're pulling animals out and putting them into trucks. You got to put the same animal in the same truck. Do you nope. get more? No. Well, uh, you want to try to get the animals that you want in a certain truck, 
because then when you bring them to your farm or your zoo, you have, you think you start with three different pens and you have to have one type Where we of are, animal. What kind of, are these animals out in the wild that we're capturing or is this more like a, a sanctuary we're saving it's them some, from uh, something or? Let's go with sanctuary. It's, it's like, a, it's like a zoo. What are we doing here? It's like a zoo. <laughs> You're into one of those. Uh, but there's, you know, there's zebras, elephants, um, flamingos, yeah, monkeys, camels. It's you know, you're deciding because on your turn, like your place when you draw out of the bag, you know, however many of the people are in the game are going to get to pick, you know, whatever truck you place on, they're going to have the option to pick that first. So you don't want anything that's too good for someone else. Like if it's a if it's an animal you want to get, so you're kind of pairing things. You look in, you definitely look a lot at everybody else's board to see what they have. Yeah. Another really interesting part was. So you start out with those three different animal types, but you also have a barn. Now with those, if you have them, have those animals there at the end of the game, you lose points. But people can also buy from there as well. Those t- coins, you start with a couple coins, but coins are tough to get in that game. But you might take you, something that other people want. So if you, so someone money. takes from your barn, though, they give you one coin and they give one to the bank. So you're trying to entice people to buy them from your barn because when you get a coin so you can buy maybe something from someone else mm-hmm. or so that you just don't end up with those animals in your barn at the end yeah so another thing they have is the male and female animals oh, and yes. they'll yep. if you get so like i had monkeys so if i have a male monkey and a female monkey it'll produce the baby monkey in the truck not in the truck it has okay. to be in your field or in your uh field or the barn yeah. or the oh yeah the, it does yeah so it might have been a love your, truck no, no, it wasn't a love truck. Well, once they get there, then it's, you know. <laughs> okay. Anyways, but yeah, so that's another thing you're trying to watch out for. So maybe if I see Michael has the male elephant, I might take the truck with the female elephant in hopes that he's just going to buy it from me. So there's kind of uh, some little, you know, trying to decide where you're going to take stuff. So how do you feel about it, Tim? I was surprised by it. I really wasn't sure what to think. I've heard about it before, and I've always wanted to try it. And I liked it. I liked it a good bit. Not that I'm crazy about it, but I think it's definitely worth $7. Yeah, especially for it's a it's a real light game. You know, it's got animals and that, so something you can play with, you know, kind of anybody. Yeah. You know, yeah. Family, kids, yep. you know, all that kind of things. And, and still, like, it, it offers a lot of good choices, you know, where you're taking those, you know, do you want to, f- you can flip, you know, you know, your different fields, switch all the animals in them, like just some interesting stuff to go for such a light game. Mm-hmm. So I was yeah, a fan. Sounds it was like a, a solid Aaron pickup. Yeah, it was so, solid. Marv did not enjoy it so much when I asked him. You think if I ask him, he's going to say he really liked it? Though? I don't know. He actually had quite a few negative things he actually really? said about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I don't think I've ever heard Marv be negative. That's what I was surprised, too, because I asked him the next day, and he was like rattling off like three or four things that he didn't like, and I was like, Marv usually likes everything. Oh yeah. What are? What I, are some... I didn't hadn't played, so I didn't really. Oh, you didn't just pay attention. to You him. just asked him and just kind of. Well, I paid. Out I paid attention. There was something, <laughs> something about the coins I didn't like, and something I don't know because I hadn't played, so I didn't know any of the rules or anything. So I didn't really know. You just didn't pay attention. Well, it's like whenever Marv tells Johnny something, that's a game Johnny has never played, and Marv's like, oh, yeah, I did this and that, and Johnny's like, I have no idea what that means. <laughs> so that's kind of the same thing, where I was just like, yeah, I don't have any clue. You got anything else? Well, I've played played a few 
new ones actually. Um, one was Hive. Uh, oh yeah. With, with Aaron and like you, basically it's nice big, huge, chunky pieces that you're pulling out, and or you you have a certain number of insects basically. You know, there's ants, mosquitoes, beetles, you know, all these things. You're mosquito. Pretty... <laughs> Thanks, Ryan. <laughs> and uh, basically, you're trying to protect your. You have a queen bee, and if it ever gets surrounded on all six sides, um, so it's a hexagon. All of them are hexagons. But you're trying to stop yours from getting surrounded, and each of them can move in different ways. So it's it's kind of interesting there. Um, one thing for me that I didn't like was it was tough to get your, you know, once you had a few around your bee, it was tough to do much about it because yeah. you couldn't really move it anywhere. There's one that we didn't use in, we played two games. One of them we didn't use in any of the game that, I forget what it exactly did, but might help with that where you can actually move the, the bee a little bit more. But it was it was an interesting game. You know, it wasn't, can't say I loved it, but it was okay. Yeah, I think my favorite part is when he you pull it out and you you feel those chunky tiles, and then after that, it just I don't like it yeah. really at all. I yeah, thought I, I might like it a little bit more with the you know the different you know insects that you can put out there and everything, but eh, yeah. I wasn't a big fan. I was not a fan for that exact reason that once you get a few turns into the game and all of a sudden your bees got a couple around it, you can't move. Yeah, it seems you're like just like. You're or, basically trying to like, all right, can I get mine in a position to block his before he gets mine? Because I can't really do much about it. Yeah, that's that's anywhere. the same feeling I got. And then, as far as like a two-player game, there's so many better ones out there. Speaking of better ones, played another new one with Aaron, and uh, that was Shobu. Yeah, that one. It's a it's a very you know, I like the look of it a lot. Um, you got the four different really thick boards real thick those stone pieces and it's really simple was um, it the rope that that the got rope you? that i it's it looks nice there but it's really like it's one of the most important pieces in any game ever i believe as far as critical to gameplay that's <laughs> how i felt yeah yeah yep. but otherwise how would you know which two are closer to you if you didn't have a rope <laughs> between the ones closer to you and your opponent it's true how yeah. would you ever know but um but actually I, I like that. You're taking you know, taking one of the boards in front of you and moving one of your pieces, you can't, you know basically can't move your opponents. The you know, then you're also then doing that same move um with a different piece on the board diagonal to it on your opponent's side. That you you're trying to push your opponent's stones off. So I mean at first, I wasn't sure I was gonna like that one either, but I, yeah, it was actually a good amount of thinking for it. You know, once after we played a, we actually played three games of that, and you know, after a couple of plays in, you know, both of us, I think we're getting a lot better. You know, other the first couple of games we each made like dumb mistakes, um, but you know, there's a lot of a lot of movement, a lot of strategy actually to the game for something so simple. As far as you can move your thing one or two spaces, that's it. So you're not moving, di- you know, you're not moving three to one side and then another, you know, you know, there's no different pieces. It's just pretty simple, but just moving stones, moving stones. And if you get mad, you could throw a stone across the table. Yep. Yeah, you, you sure could. Yeah, this is one of the one of the two abstracts that I actually enjoy playing. This one's this is a good one. 
you know, it's thinkier than you think when you're, you get a few turns in, then you're like, well, I can't do that because then he's going to, you know, do this and mm-hmm. all that stuff. Yeah, you're trying to plan out, like, there's a few times in that second and third games where it's like, well, I can't move there, I can't move there, I can't move there, I can't, you know, all mm-hmm. these places you can't move and you're trying to, like, save yourself, um, you know, you know, first, you know, you know, we made a couple dumb mistakes on you know, those early to kind of lose the game, but you can tell, like, you know, especially in that third game where there's a lot of thinking going on, a lot of moves where, you know, it's tough, you know, once you get even down to one, can be tough to get that you know, opponent off the board and kind of, you got to kind of trap them and either, or hope he makes a mistake, that can happen too, but. I would say this is the one of one abstract games that I enjoy. Okay. Wow, that's high praise. <laughs> <laughs> I think you played the other one that I actually myself enjoy. Oh, did play Zar. Yeah. That one I had played that before. Okay. But, gotcha. but yeah, that was I, I don't yeah, I like that one too. That's up there on my abstract list as well. I don't think I've played that. I've played You've played Zar. You didn't like it at all. You we played it once or twice with them, and then you're he's like, "Oh, I won," and you're like, "Oh, you won." Oh, which one was it again? Because it's like a tan well, desert-looking board. Look the same, um, it's where but... you have three different types of pieces in the center. It's got like a circle, a double oh, ring. Oh yeah, yeah and... okay. Like a, yeah, it's like the circle, the ring, and then another Just ring. Regular, yeah. yeah. Okay. And you get you're trying to capture all one, of one type. Yeah, all of one type. Yeah. I like that one. That one's my favorite. I like it a little better than Shobu. A lot of the other ones like Hive and that stuff. Onitama, I just... Yeah. I haven't played that one yet. Uh, you're not missing anything? No. <laughs> For me. <laughs> so... You get some more abstracts you cranked out the other day? or? Cause... I don't believe so. There's another new game that I played, though. Um, the Deception Murder in Hong Kong. Oh, it's yes. been a few years since yep. we had played that our first year at Origins. Yep, we played it a number of years ago now. Yeah, with some random people in the boardroom at uh, Origins. Okay, so what do you think of that one? It's a nice uh, social deduction party type game. I think the I th- I liked it. I think I liked the first. We played it twice. The first play a little bit better. The second time, I think it was just because the because I was the murderer in that one and. <laughs> So like, that's why most people it. figured it out fairly early, but I just had like he had a tough time with the clues because all of mine could be poison. Yeah, and trying to like narrow down which one of the poisons it is with, you know, the whatever the tool it was um, or the piece of evidence there. Like, it was just tough because he couldn't. He had a tough time giving any clues for it, which I understand because he couldn't really narrow it down from. From what I had, I kind of lucked out as far as trying to win the game. The cards in front of yeah, me. Yeah, because we got to guess. There's like four different murder weapons. We got to guess the right murder weapon and then the right uh, piece of evidence that was left behind. And there's, there's one of th- there's three of each okay. on there. Then you know the people trying to guess don't know who the murderer is. But then even when you do guess it, you know figure out who that murderer is. You know, like you guys did eventually with me. You know, you have to pick the right weapon. You know the you know there's six things you're picking from. You got to get those right, and that's what was tough about that one. Is just because I lucked out my the murder weapons or the cause of death or whatever was so similar in each of them. 
um, kind of worked to my advantage as far as winning it. Yeah, that was the worst part because the cause of death was poisoning, and you literally had poison needles. Yeah, it's three things that could poison. Yeah, and it wasn't poison even... Poison needles, kerosene, and I don't remember the other one, but some other poison thing. It was another... Yeah, it was a, yeah. Yeah, I, Pills uh, or something. Yeah. I like this one. It, for me... I was not a fan of Mysterium at all. I didn't like that game whatsoever, and this totally blows it out of the water. You know, this gives that similar feel where one person is basically running the game, handing the clues out to everybody, and I, I just I don't want to play Mysterium ever again. <laughs> ever, and, ever? Uh, no. I didn't like it to begin with, and then this just completely replaces it and upgrades it vastly. Yeah, this was I I enjoyed this quite a bit though, and I think just that second play, just how it happened to work out. But yeah. beyond that, I really liked the first play of it, and I can see playing that again and being mm-hmm. being enjoyable. So I think the they are very similar, and I think the biggest difference that hurts Mysterium is that you're not a team; you're trying to guess for yourself. So if you don't get good clues. Or if you can't quite grasp it, you can fall behind. So other people are up on this track basically guessing at the last clue who murdered them. Or who yeah, who murdered the ghost. And then everyone else is way behind and it's or they can be, and it's you know, it's almost it almost hurts to watch when somebody's really struggling. It hurts for me to play. Each time I've played Mysterium, <laughs> I've had just boring, no fun at all. Just yeah. Yeah. I, wasn't, I wasn't huge on it, but I'm not so against it like you are. Yeah. I think I played it once, but it was quite a while ago, and it obviously didn't stick very well to me because I remember almost nothing from it. So I, yeah. I don't think I enjoyed it too much. That's fair. Uh, me and Michael played Blackout Hong Kong pretty recently. It's been quite a while since I'd played it, and Michael, you'd I only... I only played it once before. Yeah, It's the hairless cat of board gaming, right? Yep. Yep. That's true. I've heard that. Promote your own. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I gotta, you know, give myself a plug once in a while. <laughs> yeah, glad we played that again. I I like that game, and I just want want to play it a few more times to see, you know, just how much I like it in that. But I, you know, similar to Mombasa with those those card the card playing, we'll get into that more uh, later in the episode here. But I I do like that quite a bit. Yeah. It, uh been a little while since i'd played it and it basically just makes me want to play it again after just playing it down like yeah it's yeah it's good it's good uh fister hits again <laughs> you mean sir alexander fister sir fister hits again yep uh tim what do you got what else you've been playing michael you and i and johnny and marv we all played a new one yes yes we did it has a bizarre name secret unknown stuff escape from dolce I think I said that right. I think, I think that's right, yeah. Yep, it looks right. <laughs> looks right. <laughs> so basically the theme is that you wake up in these cryopods in the bottom of the space and you enter a room, do an encounter, and everyone's playing kind of a bizarre, weird character through time and history and or just aliens. Or a two-headed cow. Or a two-headed cow. Marvel's yep. the cow. I was Hattori Hanzo. Yep, I was Amelia Earhart, and Johnny was a alien. What you do is you enter a room, you draw an encounter card, read the flavor text, 
something happens in that room and then you have an encounter and typically in the bottom level we were playing in we were encountering lizard men or gray alien and what you're trying to do is after you do combat you're going to uncover the little token in the room and you're trying to find the portal and the computer terminal and go to the next level and you're trying to just fight your way through all these levels and escape from the base. So that's yep. pretty much the gist of it. The um, I gotta say I do like it. I don't think it's a perfect game, but it is a lot of fun. It just kind of for what it is, just kind of uh, almost like a hack and slash. You're running around, just kind of shooting, just doing really goofy, zany stuff. You know, the, it doesn't take itself too seriously, and I think it does that well. Yeah, I would I would agree. You know, it doesn't seem like you know forced or anything, but it doesn't. I, I really like you know the we got a a, a gun sword and yep. you know some different things like that. And you we got a I think Tim, you got a character that could you know mash all these different these different things that you find can put that in you know makeshift weapons basically. Yeah, that... and some of those you know there's cool stuff that they that you could make on there. We never got to make anything, but yeah, know, we could we, never find duct tape. Yeah, we needed some duct tape. Mm-hmm. That would uh, that would have helped us a lot, I think. Sort of adhesive. Mm-hmm. So when you have the encounters, is there is it like certain ones or random until you can move up or each of the rooms, they're marked. So in the first level, you're gonna uncover like encounter cards from the one deck. Maybe the next level is two, and so on. So depending on what room you're going into, it tells you what deck to draw out of. So it'll be a random encounter from the one deck, the two deck, three, four, yeah, and so on. So they do ramp up in difficulty. Although I just mean you said you can't go up a level until you hit some sort of... Yeah, so you have to find the token. Well, you don't have to find it. It's not in the encounter deck. They're tokens, so there's like five tokens so that you shuffle So one of the tokens up. you put out as it. Okay. Yeah. So it's not like you're going to be in the bottom level for Can you split up? deck. Not really. You have to stay together. You stay together. Oh. Yeah. You'd, you'd fight the encounter together. Okay. So you, you're probably either in the room next to it or the, you know, in the room of that you're exploring, everybody is, or the room adjacent, basically. Right. How many, like, monsters do you typically, is it always, is it like one big bad, a bunch of them? Um, Usually kind of you would a get mix of two, two or three. Yeah. Okay. Monsters each level. It would depend. And then when you uncover the terminal the computer terminal and the portal like the boss of the level comes out of the terminal so that was our downfall was that johnny kept getting so it does not sound like as my next question is did you guys win no oh no not even remotely close there are what six different levels we got to the end of the second one yeah and uh how long did like did that take then to get to the End of the second one. I'm just kind of curious how long it is. Like an hour and a half? Yeah, probably. Probably 45 minutes a level, I think it took us. And there's six levels? Yeah. Oof. So, yeah, the the first playthrough we had, it took a little bit. Not that the rules were that hard to teach or anything like that, but they have different campaign types. So they have, like, an epic campaign, and then they have, like, a standard campaign, and that's what we were playing. But then also in the back of the book they have shorter scenarios that you can play so i think like the first one you could pick is like an egg hunt so you gotta like go around just the base level 
and try to find certain objective tokens. And that's supposed to take like 30 to 45 minutes. Okay. And then they kind of ramp up. So if you want to play it, but you want to play it as like a shorter, so you guys, quick little you thing. You guys were not playing the shorter one. Because he said it was an hour and a half for two levels, and he said it can go up to six levels. Yeah, so there's we were playing the standard campaign, but then there's like an epic campaign that takes even... There's like more rooms on each floor as you move up. So is the one you guys were playing, were you supposed to like stop and save it at some point, or are you supposed to play it all the way through in one... Or is there less rooms or something per level? Because that would yeah, take there's, up to six hours. There is less rooms if you guys got to per the, level. So as you... okay. I was going to say that'd be... When you look at the game setup, it has a board, and that's the... Basement that the, we were in. The basement yeah. that you're in, and that has the most rooms. And then when you move... It's a little bit less each time. Yep, okay. when you move up to the next level, so it's actually like a 3D board, you could say, where the levels are... You know, just slightly smaller. Yeah. Kind of almost like... Pyramiding, so more like a three-quarter yeah. down view, basically. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Okay, because I was saying 3D, it actually stacks on top of each other. A few it, of the levels do, actually. Yeah, they do, actually. Okay. It's Which like actually a, made it, like, because there's, you know, that made it a little dark in the, yeah. in the center in some of those, which That's, didn't quite work, but... Yeah, it looks cool sitting there, but then when yeah. you when you play on it, when we move to level five, you got to kind of look, like, oh, I can't quite you're moving, see. It. Yeah, you're moving the different... Uh, you know miniatures on the board, and like, and it was dark underneath it because the lights okay. above it. I was, I was thinking, yeah. yeah, I was like glad that each level is less rooms. So I was like, oh, yeah, it does. So okay. we were we played through basically the first two floors, and they're the biggest ones. And we had we hit um, three bosses. I think what happened when Johnny got killed by the. Lizard commander almost like every time. One role. That, that was like one issue I had with the game was just that a couple of like it seemed if someone shook a one, you know, and got double, you know, if if the if they get a one, you get like a double double dice roll against you and they can roll up, you know, five, six dice or something. So it seems like you could yeah, die I, pretty easily on some of those like unlucky hits. I got that rule wrong. Oh, so when you when you roll a one to hit, it's a crit. So what you do is you roll one extra die to your attack, not, not your double. full. Yeah, because some of those they had three dice, and if you're rolling double that, and, you know, six dice. I mean, you're gonna like, com- you know, completely kill someone pretty easily on that. And so. that's what happened. Okay. Johnny kept rolling crits on himself, and then we'd roll too many dice. Yeah, and you get you know killed in one time, and you can only get three total deaths. Yeah, which all happen to be Johnny. He'd roll crits but, on himself. Yeah, so how He's we were hitting himself or what? Yeah, so when the commander goes, it it'll tell you what they do. So maybe he'll go up He's to the rolling. highest. He's rolling the enemy against he himself. Rolling, is what yeah. you're saying? Yeah, oh, okay. that's I all we like, I thought he was shooting himself. <laughs> no, nothing like that. <laughs> it sounds like something he would do. Gotcha. But no. But yeah, that was one of my complaints with it. So like, if that. If that is one where it's not quite as powerful for some of those, that's a little better because otherwise, like any one of us that would have attacked him would have done the, had the same thing happen if yeah. we if we rolled the crit. Yep. Um. So that that's good. That's yeah. A good thing. So <laughs> I'm glad you got that wrong, Tim. <laughs> so yeah, I'm excited to try it again and play through it. I do also have like the first two mini expansions 
and basically it just gives a couple more scenarios you can play through. Yeah. I'm typically not a huge dungeon crawl fan, but this, I mean, it was simple enough, the different rules and each, what I liked about it was each person has different strengths or weaknesses. So you're deciding, all right, right. So my guy was good at, you know, he was a good person to go into a lot of those places initially, Yep. you know, because of that, that sword gun I got and I had extra, you know, sword capabilities or something like that or melee yeah, weapons you're hitori hanzo yeah. with a rusty pipe makes sense so it, <laughs> yeah so start out with a rusty pipe and then got the sword gun so but yeah it's you know just you know who does what and i mean it's simple enough but like your people sorry right, who's going to take this who's going to bring you know when you get those supplies at the end when you defeat somebody or you might get some supplies yeah. you know who takes what and you know kind of what fits each character best mm-hmm. so it was and interested to play that again definitely yeah and one thing that i thought was kind of a negative but also kind of a positive was the loot deck there's so many cards in the loot deck which is nice you can go through it but like marv was the cow so for him to use any weapon he needed like the special harness so we had to like try to get through this loot deck just to try to find him a harness so he could use a gun he had a kick because he's a cow and then he had like a side blast that he starts with so he yeah. was, even though he was his base character, he was pretty powerful. Yeah, so that was good where, like, even if you can't, because, yeah, it's nice you have those things where, all right, you got to get this to get this, which is cool, but he was still able to do th- things. He wasn't just completely useless out there or helpless mm-hmm. um, without it. So, so yeah, it was. I, I like the fact that there's so many cards in that deck. Otherwise, it, it would kind of get old. You're playing that. It would take a long time to play through that whole thing. Yeah, so like definitely. good to have some variety in there. Different plays would be some some good variety. Um so that's good. That's some interesting uh wet bandit Marv feedback on this one. So Oh yeah. <laughs> I had asked him because I didn't play this one. I was like, well, what did you think, Marv? And he's like, Well he's like, I guess I'd play it once a year maybe. If I if I had to, and then like you asked him like an hour later, he's like, "Yeah, I really liked it." Yeah, I liked it quite a bit. <laughs> and I was like, "Wait, what?" Yeah, and you're you're in the chat with us. Yeah. When he said it, you just that's not what you told me an hour ago. Yeah, and he's like, "Well, well, well I, I don't know. I, it's it's like just just say you, you don't think, know how you feel about it. Then if you, you don't think, know, Tim, that you would uh, get feel bad upset. because it's your game. I, I don't know. It was <laughs> it was bizarre." Very bizarre. And it's kind of funny that happened because I don't know if you caught it, but I let uh, Aaron borrow one of those escape room games that I had. Oh, okay. And <laughs> he gave it back to me. I'm like, what'd you think? And he was like, uh. <laughs> you kind of had you know, the look of like a like type of thing. Like I could tell he didn't like it, but he didn't want to tell me he didn't like it. Like <laughs> everyone's just, scared of you apparently just, to tell you how tell they me, feel. Yeah, tell me you don't Are like you it. Are you that I, easily offended, Tim? I, apparently, I didn't think I was. It was really weird. Yeah, but it's funny that it happened twice in one weekend. <laughs> so another one that was uh, new to me is uh, Cry Havoc. Okay, I'd like to hear your opinion first. I never need to play that game again. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even sugar. You just no. Just I pile right on. Did not enjoy that. What was it about the? And I know you had wanted to pick the uh, the trogs too, and I'm like, ah, oh, it's his first time. I played like a few times before, and I'm like, oh, I don't want him to be the trogs because it's you just getting beat on. Yeah, I guess it's one of those like 
kind of area control where you're attacking people and a lot of the games seem to be like who's going to win is depending on who attacks who like if you attack these people like that person's going to lose because they're going to keep getting beat up or if someone's left alone they might win like eh. yeah, a lot of times who's ever left alone the most is coming out on top because if me and michael are attacking each other tim's benefiting because we're beating on each other yeah and then, i mean you do get points like when you attack and if you win or lose you know you can get you can get some points and stuff the so i i ended up winning so that helped it for me not of really course. not really but, <laughs> but i mainly was fighting the trogs and just kind of moving around a little bit and I think I fought Aaron once. He attacked me once. Otherwise, I was attacking Trogs the entire game. And Ryan, I know you were being attacked the entire game. There's yeah. A lot, of, a lot of that. And I know that's kind of the point of the Trogs is like your tokens are out there. People move in and then you reveal and you have you have some Trogs show up. And generally, it's less than what your opponent brings into the region. So you're already outnumbered there. And there's ways to manipulate that and stuff but man that was just you're just getting slapped constantly yeah it was just really obnoxious uh yeah won some battles near the end of the game but like early you game ended up getting second but it was just most it unsatisfying like the, yeah exactly it looked like second. the least fun i've ever seen someone that was end up being close to yeah. a game of just, any kind. it was ugh, I didn't, painful the whole time i was playing i was like yeah this is not fun at all What's painful is that there's things that I like about the game. I like the the mainly the like how you can build your building. So every faction's a little di- uh, quite a bit different in that aspect of you have different buildings you can put out. So the ones that I could do was I had like an artillery barrage. So if I built one, I could do an action to like barrage an area that I'm going to attack and then I get a bonus. There's like a airport that I can build and I can take control of an empty region. So there's different stuff. I know the machines had a bunch of different attacking and defensing stuff. Yeah, mine was, you know, getting gems. Yeah. And that was I, I, yeah, cuz I kind of like those buildings and what they did. It's just all the everything about the area control and everything about the attacking I did not like in that game. It yeah, I do not like the well. I don't like the battle board that you when you're in a battle no. The attackers, well, who, I can't remember who, does it, is it defenders or attackers put them out first? Attackers put them out first. Okay, it was. Okay, so yeah, the attackers put their all their units on the board first, and then the defenders, and then you go majority, play and then, then you can play cards. I, that, that just, I don't like the battle, because I don't like I don't it like that at in all. Rising Sun either. I don't like it in either game. It's just kind of, just... Yeah, it was you know, somewhat like similar it to one. that, and yeah, yeah, that was that was my least favorite part about Rising Sun was the the actual battling. Um, yeah, I like that game more than this by a lot, but those are you know the the worst parts about them were the same. The Rising Sun is better to me because it's like a blind bid. I like that better because yeah, I like it a little better. It's still my least favorite. Part, yeah, it's but not. It, yeah, yeah, but as far like the open. Okay, I'm going to put them here, and then you can manipulate, and then you're playing cards, and then, oh, these are going to go in reverse, so I can just slaughter all your people and win the battle, and then it's just... I don't know, just... Yeah. The one 
like little special card you had, Tim, was pretty obnoxious because it didn't like seem like it fit with everyone else's. Like you just got points for controlling regions or something. So like every round you're scoring like three, four points. It wasn't even a card. It was like my. Sp- well, that's right. it was. Your, it was like, like my sp- your, passive ability. Yeah. So yeah, each round, once per age or whatever it was, I could score every region I control. I could score a victory point for each. And every one of oh. mine that I had, like I looked through, like because you could pick two of like mm-hmm. six or seven. All mine were basically putting out trog tokens or trying to reveal them. I was like, well, I want one where I just score points for just being ex- existing type yeah. of thing. And I was so I, I so it just seemed out of the spirit. That's one thing Tim's of, good at existing. So <laughs> yeah. So I, all I did was spread out really quick to like four regions, and then I just kept using that card. And I just kept scoring like four points each age or whatever. And you were next to me, and I I wasn't really an attacking faction at all, so I didn't that helped do a whole yeah. lot of that. That rule book is pretty horrible. Portal, so yeah. Or it could have been the rules uh, explainer. A little both. Yeah, a little column A, a little column B. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because we had known going in that we've had trouble with this rule book before and the rules in the game because there's tons of qu- questions online where people are like, this rule book sucks, it's awful, and the designer's on there constantly answering questions, just saying, I didn't have anything to do with the rule book, you know, and this and that, and he's answering everyone's, well, he doesn't. I know, and you feel bad for him. Yeah, because yeah. it's just so many edge case stuff, not even edge case stuff, just something that comes up, like explaining the end of round when the event uh, yeah the end of game end of round stuff was really confusing which shouldn't be yeah. that confusing there's, of a part of there's the game there's no example basic. at all yeah, an it's example just, would have probably solved that yeah. but it really was weird like we it took us forever to we think figure it out and then but, your home, home starting region it's a region for some cases but it's not a region for other things and everything was very vague it seemed like yeah but but yeah, anyway, I like enough some of that. Eh? Stuff. Yeah, it's just that was that was one of the most miserable times I've had playing something in a long time. So, yep. Should we get on to the the roundtable discussion? I've got one more. I'm going to bring up really quick. What do you got? It's an app that I started playing. Okay. I know you perked up there, Ryan. It's the Raiders of the North Sea. Okay. App. Is this free or? No. Oh, what yeah. was it? Pass. It was not free, no. Okay. Uh, but it wasn't too much. Maybe I, I'm not even going to give you a price because I'm probably wrong. But anyways, um, yeah, I think it does a really good job of um, simulating the tabletop version of the game. Does it make it less fiddly? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> it does not have the expansions in there. So for good or bad, I guess you could say. But, uh, yeah, it plays pretty quick. Yeah, I had, I've been having a good time with it. Gaming Yeti talked me into it. He uh, he was telling me about it, so I checked it out, and I played a played one game with him so far. And he uh, he, he beat me up pretty good, which, nice. is, which is no surprise. I'd like to play a better game with Gaming Yeti. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, this one is it's fine. Like I'll play this once in a you know when Aaron picks it once in a while kind of thing. But I don't know. It's just kind of meh. Yeah, I played that one around the same time I played Architects. Architects of the West. Kingdom. Yeah, I like Architects a little better. Yeah, and I, I was 
I was hoping, I was thinking I might like Raiders of the North Sea quite a bit because I like the theme more in that one. I like the Viking thing theme a lot. Okay. But the game itself, I I definitely like Architects a lot, quite a bit more. Yeah, it can be restricting at times because you put out your token, do an action, and then you pull off and you, you don't do an have action. Control over. And some what of you're them are do. Yeah, some of them are blocked I, out. I think I didn't like yeah. was at least in Architects you can do whatever action. It's just well, you know, controlling your your meeples and that, and you know, and all your workers. But yeah, that one you want to do something, but you just can't just because of where other people went. And then like I need to do this so I can you know do this big scoring action. Like, yeah. There's nothing you can do about right. it. Right. Yeah. But yeah. I only played a couple times. I'd like to. I'd I'd be fine playing some more though. And it is nice because on the app it plays a lot faster. Yeah. And okay. anything on an app is right. Way it cuts down on the time. Yep. So I think you're not that's, invested as much. Yeah, that's you know maybe part of it that uh, I've only played. I think the actual tabletop version twice, and I've been having fun with the app. So you know, there's that part, and I know you mentioned you were surprised that I like it because of the ratty take that cards. Someone could be. Yeah, someone can be definitely, and we I've seen it a few times playing the app against computer and against gaming yeti but i think because it's a such a quick play on the app it doesn't on apps, it doesn't that hurt doesn't as really, much and it's just kind of yeah if you play on the table it's three times as long and you're constantly getting hit yeah like more <laughs> hindering more game. yeah what's happening than yeah this typical a lot of times when i play a game on an app i don't care you know what i mean like i'm trying no, or you don't but, care but I'm not like oh, an, i'm not invested in here at all does he no i'm not like invested in it nearly as much as like when i'm playing on the table and stuff. It's like, oh, well, I'll take my turn and do whatever I'm doing, and then half an hour later, take your turn again. Yeah, that's fair. But yeah, I would uh, I would recommend it. All right. Well, I'd I try it if it was free. I can't help you there. Okay. Maybe somebody will randomly send it to you. Gaming Yeti, like... buy it for me? Considering it's a game you don't like, probably not. <laughs> I didn't say I didn't like it. I just don't really enjoy it. Oh, very different, yes. <laughs> I mean, if it's free, I might like it more. <laughs> it seems like you really like that game a lot. It really does. Well, um, I wanted to bring up, it, they weren't new games to me, but I, I taught some people who aren't, aren't really into board games um, too heavily taught them some games games i've played a lot you know one was splendor which went over very well i think you know we probably ended up playing like 10 or 12 games of that they got into that one um century of new world which we played a couple games of that um so something a little bit a little bit heavier and then my ryan our brother who isn't into games at all taught him mage knight which i think you'd gotten that game for him a couple years back and he's never played it so i i, I taught him that you know so it was because he hasn't played a lot of board games, it was you know going through those rules was that takes a long time to explain anyways. But that first play, you know, with the rules explanation, took us a whole lot of time. Um, but you know, he wanted to play again afterwards, and I know he went and when he went home, he went and played on his own. So he oh, seems he to like it. I was, I was gonna. I was ask. wondering because it was he's played a couple times since he got back home. Yeah, now by himself. Yep. So sounds like he liked it, and finally. I was hoping, you know, getting him to play once, you know, it would interest him because I think the theme really works for him mm-hmm. for Mage Knight. And I was just wondering, like, is it going to be too much? And that I mean, he had a lot of questions playing, um, which 
anybody is going to, you know, with that. He game. also has not read through the rule book yet. Yeah, he keeps <laughs> sending us questions. Like, that's fine. which is fine. I don't yeah. mind. Just you do have the rule book. You could read it. That would probably help. That would help with half of them. <laughs> yeah. So, so Kevin, if you're uh, listening, uh, go ahead and read that rule book and uh, and yeah, do that. <laughs> Maybe that's what I'll do. Read the rule book. No. If, when I set up to play solo, I'll just sit and text you guys and just. All those Just questions. get rules from you guys. Be I easier. can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, from the newer people playing Splendor to Century, how do they pick up on it, and how do they like like Century compared to Splendor? Once you bumped them up like a notch on the complexity scale. Um, I think one thing with Century that we came across was a little bit of AP. Yeah, um, with a which couple is understandable. First couple time of the players, especially with you know, there's. You know, Splendor is a simple enough game, but there's some strategy in that. And then it's just, essentially, it's similar, but it's got the added thing of worker placement. So, especially when you're first getting into that kind of a game, I completely understand that. But it, it mm-hmm. basically, for what kind of game it was, there's a lot of downtime when you're playing four people for a game that light. So, I for think that you, took a yeah. little away a little bit from you know, just kind of reading the people in the mm-hmm. room. You know, we played a couple times, so you know it. Uh, yeah, I think they enjoyed it, but not as much as I think Splendor at that point. So, but I think a few more plays of it, I think, would probably help that yeah. way. The game's going to go a little more quickly, and they and that makes sense. Understand the game better. Their mind's probably ready to blow. You know, you go from first time playing anything like any gamer game. Yeah, yeah. exactly, hobby type game, and then you go to Splendor, then you go to Century. Not that it's that much more complex, but for them, that's like tenfold. Because what's relative to them is just Splendor. Yes. So. so. Okay. But I think you know I don't think it you know scared them away from from games at all. The people who played it and hopefully, get them into some more games. See how they, see how they like them and go from there. All right. Are you guys ready for our first ever Ryan's Roundtable? Sure. Oh boy, that's it. Sounds really exciting. Yeah. Ryan, you look really yeah, Tim's really got me excited here this yeah. is this is yes, on you last episode you wanted me to come up with a name that's what I had okay so anyways <laughs> uh, we're just gonna ask each other a bunch of questions <laughs> and we're all gonna give an answer figure that's what we're gonna do in um, a round table type fashion and you're starting off so it's like we're not even Ryan's yeah, you get not even a round table it's rounded yeah I'll, I'll take the leaf out you don't know that and then it'll be so why do you guys play board games? Because you make me. Okay. Uh, next question. <laughs> That's fair. And this is going to go really quickly. We started playing as um, just kind of getting together. Uh, well, it's, I guess it started at the the runs we were doing when we were waiting. Yeah, so I'd say around here, there's not really a whole lot to do. That's not like... Going to a bar. Drinking, and, yeah. And, Different stuff like that. So that that's definitely what I had. That, and you can still drink while you game, though. Yeah. You can. Yes. Okay. Um, but Whew. for me, it's a great way to get together with friends and, <clears throat> and hang out and do stuff that we enjoy together. So I guess that's the biggest reason. You know, I guess what I was getting at was we started it because we were hanging out, doing these runs and not knowing what to do in the hotel in the free time. To bring it back, and while we have a lot of free time at home, let's fill it with games. Is that why you play them now as well? 
that's yeah, that's a big reason why. Okay. Get together with friends and you know. Yeah, if you got a good good group um in your in you know, that's that helps a lot, you know, with games. If you're playing with people that you don't really like a whole lot, you're probably not gonna enjoy gaming with yeah. them a whole lot. Maybe a little bit, but mm-hmm. it's gonna get old. Yeah, it's a great way to bring friends and family together. We can have fun with a bad game. Now, obviously, there's... I can tell the difference between a good and a bad game. It's kind of like a bad but, movie, though. You always can have fun with a shitty yeah, movie. Right. You just sit and rip yeah. on it the whole time. Yeah. yeah. As long as you're in the right mood and, yeah. you know, for it, you know, that can that can work, too. And I, I agree completely, Tim, with, you know... You know what about Cry Havoc? Reasons. Can you have fun with that? No. Okay. <laughs> no, it's not possible. <laughs> just a real simple answer there. The, the group was fun. I disagree. But. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Um, the other thing that I, that um, the reason why I play is because just the th- the thinking the thinking part of it, where you're you're trying to solve these different puzzles, or you know you got a complex game and there's you put together a good strategy and you know you you figure out how to beat it or have a really good game. Like that's always really satisfying to me. Is just you know, keeping that mind active and, and things. So that's, you know, while you're still, you know, having fun at the same time, you're doing a lot of thinking. Yeah. I'd, I'd agree with both you guys, you know, getting together with friends and that it's always good time. Um, and doing something I really enjoy. So that makes it funner. But, um, working the main, I think the main thing for me is similar to Michael too. Off of his is like just working my brain to think, tactically or strategically basically to solve the puzzle of the game you know i don't work my brain that much when i'm sitting there at work so it's nice to actually try to stave off some alzheimer's and in the game and <laughs> yeah that's my thing save my off head. that alzheimer's as long as i can here so yeah, that's what that's... i'm using you guys for all right cool i can well you're can welcome <laughs> mm-hmm. thank you yeah so next question here what are your gaming pet peeves when somebody at the table is not even trying when they're just completely checked out of a game and they're just like yep. eh, i'll just do that action i guess because yeah because I it ruins the game for everyone yeah it really yeah does. definitely i got i got three of them here uh that was one of them that i can't win so i'm not trying gamer yep i got the excessive phone use gamer it's yeah. fine. Use your phone, okay, you know, here and there. But like when someone's, it's kind of almost like the same as being checked out, or they seem like they're checked out because they're just sitting there mm-hmm. on their phone the whole time. So I'll I'll go as far as saying, you know, like if you get a text or something, you know, great, check your phone. We all have families, you know. You could do that. I'm not saying that, but what bugs me is when you look over and you see someone on Facebook and they're just like scrolling through. What are you doing? Yeah, and it's like, like it's just, like 45 seconds till it's their turn again. Yeah. And then yeah. they if take it's, a while. You know, it happens like once, you know, a little bit, you know, that's yeah. one thing. But when it's constantly like they're playing, you know, half that game, they're, their head's in their phone. Like, right. You're not paying attention. And yeah, that I'm with you on that one. Those two are my biggest ones. My a smaller one, that's my third one, is the I never realize it's my turn gamer. And that kind of plays into the being on your phone or just. You're sitting around there. You're talking with everyone, which is fine. But then, like, it's been your turn for three minutes, and you're but what? It's my <laughs> turn. Like, hey, get it together here. Take your turn. Let's keep it moving at a reasonable pace. You know, 
Yeah. You don't have not, to be 100% exactly. Johnny on the spot, but, yeah. you yeah. know. And typically, Johnny's not on the spot <laughs> in our group. It was unintentional, yeah. but... Uh, you had me worried when you said you had three. I thought two of them were going to be playing with me, and then the next one playing with Michael. <laughs> he didn't well, want to mention those. those. He's got five now. <laughs> a couple other minor ones, you know, kind of similar to the paying attention, but like when someone's not ten- paying attention when you're explaining a game, and then <laughs> wow, uh, right here, aren't I? <laughs> one person in particular here. Um, but you know, when you have to, like, you're going to have to explain some rules twice, or people are going to forget certain things, but when you're asking every single rule and it was because you just weren't listening at all. If you're listening on it, if you're trying, if you're trying to listen, you miss some things. That's fine. But yeah. How come when you said that the entire time, you were just glaring at Ryan? Oh, (laughs) Oh, no reason. (laughs) Then the other one was this uh, real minor pet peeve, but like not putting everything away properly. Like we don't really have that with our group too much, but, we go to like you know, t- a couple times we've gone to a convention oh, and yeah. take out a box and like everything is just like nothing's in their bags or just just in their tear like they just yeah. finish the game and just like sight you know swipe their whole arm and just swiped everything into <laughs> well, the box well they've done that once <laughs> <laughs> we did that with King of Tokyo <laughs> Yep. We're going to get Buffalo Wild Wings, and your uh, mother-in-law yep. showed up, and we're like, "Well, we're done. Pack it up." I think I was there for that, so it's a good thing. I don't know if I would have been able to handle that. It was my game, and I was the one that did it, so I was fine. With yeah, it. that's that's you know, okay. That so was the one who had to clean it up later. If it was somebody else's game, it would have been like, "Whoa!" Yeah, uh, yeah. I know there's a game Wait. like that. We went to a convention. I don't even remember what game it was, but we opened it up and like. Oh man, nothing's put together. Like so, it took us an extra ten minutes to get everything set up when it didn't have to. Yeah, it's, come on. So I think another minor one for me would be rules teaching. When some people just jumbling around, like the like, tell me the goal of the game and when it's gonna end, and then just go through from the beginning each step of the game. And for me, and I get it. I've been trying to do better, but it's like it's gotta be quick, or I'm just gonna. I just cannot. Just like in like school, I could never pay attention for longer than like a few minutes. You know, I probably have ADHD or something. So I'm just I cannot focus for longer than five minutes when someone's explaining something to me, type of thing. It's just you got to get to the point fast and go through it in an order. And then like there's sometimes too when I'll like I'll think of something like oh he ex- he's explaining that I have a question on it and like I can't get my mind off of knowing the answer to that question. <laughs> So I, you know, I just sit and focus on that, but I don't want to interrupt them when they're explaining. Mm. You know, but I think with the rules is if you, if the person like you can tell they might have glanced at the rules a little bit, but they're reading through and every single thing they they know, have the they rule book. They ba- barely looked at the rule yeah, book. Yeah, it's in hand and like as they're explaining each phase of the game, they're sitting there with the rule book open, like reading mm-hmm. most almost the entire yeah. thing, and it's like I can see how you can. You know, I do the same thing where I. You use it as a guide, but yeah. that's just like, all right, what's the next thing, next thing, next thing? Yep. Or if there's something you can't remember quite yet, look it up. But it's like when someone yeah. says... Have like, the rules down so that you know them fairly well. Yeah. don't have to know everything. Yeah, that's fine, but like... We're not there for story time. Yeah. <laughs> I will say, I forgot to write it down, but one that came to me, it bothers the hell out of me when I'm trying to teach the rules and somebody's having like a side conversation. <laughs> <clears throat> that drives me nuts. Yep. <laughs> 
What about at uh, then three you just in the start morning? Sitting there looking at them. Three in the morning at Orchard. <laughs> and you guys are like wheeling across the floor and like. Yeah, then that one can't be blamed on us because you're looking up something for like a half hour and it's well, like three in the morning. The pro- there was a there was a bunch of problems with that. <laughs> it was a new game, no one had played. You guys gave me the rule book. <laughs> And you guys just kept talking the whole time as I'm trying to figure this thing out. It's it's one of those things that like none of us will ever forget. It's yeah, just like that right. inside joke is just one of those uh, things that we should have completely avoided. We should have went to bed like yeah. two hours oh, yeah. early. Oh yeah. But here we are. Yep. Trying to learn this simple game and yeah. you guys are playing <laughs> jousting chairs or whatever. <laughs> I don't even know what you guys are doing. I was getting so pissed. <laughs> We were, like, spinning our chairs and then, like, yeah, throwing them at each other. Well, like... I think what happened was, like, the elevator doors opened. I thought, he, like, Jack was trying to see if it was Brian. So he, like, went, like, zipping across the floor in his chair instead of just getting up and looking. It was just really bizarre. And it got worse. Like, each minute that you couldn't figure out the rule, it got worse and yeah. worse and worse. Because I was dead tired, getting mad. Fair watching enough. you guys just... <laughs> Having fun <laughs> in your miserable... Yeah. Uh, yep but just in general that yeah moment aside if we're like like right now if we're sitting here and i'm trying to teach you guys rules and you two just start chatting it's gonna drive me nuts i think for me when johnny is there if i'm learning a game i'm way worse than like if anyone else is there yeah because you and jack were the worst johnny for no i'm not blaming johnny i'm just saying like i don't know because he'll distract me more He'll make a comment about like a picture on the board. And then you know how he is. He and keeps just, going and yeah. talking about it. And then I'm like paying attention to him. <laughs> you have trouble enough paying attention. So he's what yeah. puts you over the edge of you not being good at yeah, that. So okay. it distracts me. We've got to separate those two. Yeah, put us in a new game. Glass separate corners. Yeah. I remember one time we, uh, Scythe, I, I was, I don't know if I was tired or I just didn't feel like explaining the rules to Jack and Johnny. <laughs> and we had them watch to watch it played, which is really good and descriptive. But they were, <laughs> they, I'm sure they napped like the look on their faces when they were watching the rules video. Weren't we playing something else too? Probably. Like we were in the dining room playing something. We were playing like King of Tokyo <laughs> They're probably. like sitting in the living room watching this gaming rule. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Uh, I think Jack was napping. Like when we went in there and got him, he was like, "What? Oh, it's done already." <laughs> so yeah, so he probably didn't have any questions when he was done yeah. watching that, did he? No, not at all. So yeah, we got completely off the rails here. But <laughs> let's go to question number three, Tim. What means more to you, art or components? So for me, I think overall, I think it's components. But when I first look at a game. It's art because that's the first thing you see. Um, once you dig more into the game, or you actually have the game, or someone else has a game, components means more to me than art. Um, I'd rather have good components than good art. If the art's bad, I'm used to that anyways. Half the games in my collection, Tim, you vouch for that. They're pretty ugly looking, so you have no interest in playing them. Yeah. Um, so if the components are at least serviceable or the components are nice, I'd rather have that than good art because it just... It's more of a tactile feel with the components where it's got chunky wooden bits. Uh, I got metal coins I'm clanking around. I enjoy that more than looking at a pretty game board type of thing. Yeah, I completely agree with that. You know, to, if I'm going to play a game for the first time, art is a, obviously a real big factor because I, I probably don't even know what the components are like. Uh, but yeah, that's the most important thing to start. But then 
once you play it, I can get over the bad art. It's great to have it, and it adds to the game, but yeah. I can get over that. I can't get over really poor components. If they're okay, that's fine. They only need to be okay. Sure, if they're really good components, that helps it a lot. But um, when they're really bad, I I don't want to play it again. You know, that's that will stop me from playing a, a pretty decent game. So. Yeah, my uh, my copy of Imperial Twenty Thirty, which I really want to get through the rules and read and whatnot, but it's got like pretty much Monopoly money. Ooh. Yeah, you so. Basically, have to get, try to get yourself that. to play it a couple times, and if you think it's a decent game, get coin, upgrade, you know, upgrade yeah. that. Yep, that is a good thing with components. Sometimes you can upgrade, but I hate to have to upgrade when, to play a game that. Yeah, make your components better than that. Come on, people. What's your view on this, Tim? Art. That's, is that, is that's that it? just it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's always, I mean, for me, it's art, because if it's bad art, it's going to take more for me to get into and play the game. And then components, yeah, obviously I want awesome, chunky components, but I don't necessarily need that. Yeah, I don't need either of them for, for me. They're obviously preferred, but, so that's why I would say art is more important to me. What about after first plays it's still art is way ahead of components or well see i put art uh but like you guys had said after once you get into it and you start looking at everything a little more closely and it's like okay i can get past the bad art then you start looking at components so that's why i went with art as my more important i know especially for you buying a game you almost will not buy a game that doesn't look pretty to you or look good to you like the art yeah, I usually have to try it first. Yeah. You have to, it has to be a known quantity to you. Right. Before. I would buy a pretty bad game, as in, like, it looks pretty. But it's not very good. Right. Before, before a ugly, good game. But that's going in not knowing if I like it or not. Yeah. If that may, that sounded okay. weird, but. I think I kind of get it. So. I, Make your game with good art and good components, and nothing. None of those are subjective. So, <laughs> no, that's <laughs> nope. Art certainly is not subjective in any way. All right. So the next question I got here is, uh, if you could wipe all memory of a game and re-experience it, would you? And what game would it be? So this isn't. I can wipe my memory of it and never play it again. <laughs> I have to play it again. Okay. That could so be. That, a... that does change. <laughs> So not Cry Havoc. <laughs> well, that, that, well, that might be up there, yeah. Now, there's a couple other ones I was thinking of, but that took longer, and yeah, it might be Cry Havoc. That's up there. Anyways, let's get back to the actual question. So I was looking at it more of what game that I enjoy would I wipe my memory and then relearn it and play it. Mm-hmm. And I kept thinking about like, well... I wouldn't want to wipe my memory of this game because I I have like fond memories of playing. You're gonna re-experience it game in the ex- pretty much real similar fashion or the same. Yeah. So what I ended up coming to was if I was gonna wipe my memory of one game and replay it, I would say Pandemic Legacy. Only if I can play the entire campaign 
real close together, not so spread out. That was my one thought. So you looked at it as uh, you're going to have a much better experience if you didn't have Hoping that to have first a better, experience. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't go that route. I went with the, I enjoy the game so much, and like a, I want to experience that same thing again. And that was with Great Western Trail. And the biggest thing was like that, for me, like, wow, I didn't know a game could you know do that that's so well put together and you know so balanced and like it kind of blew my mind a little bit you know playing that yeah i know the first time i played that game as we were taught yep at a convention and i didn't know what was i was having fun i didn't know what was going on i don't know i i look back at it now i was like man i did not know anything like I, i don't know i i experience like maybe five percent of the game i felt like in that first play because i just there's so much going on like that time it felt like for me when i learned it yeah and i knew i liked it and i was the same way where i don't think i really knew what was going on but like i really like probably won i'm sure i probably did it's my (laughs) first play so but it's like man this game is great i want you know it's i want to play this again and again like now that I've played it through once, I'm starting to get get it a little bit. So I want to try this now, and I want to try this, and mm. to go through that again would be pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah. So there's there's a handful of games I could pick from. Um, you know, it's kind of like a movie you watch, uh, Unusual Suspects or Fight Club. You know, you want to just wipe your memory of that that surprise ending type thing, or like just a great movie like The Dark Knight, or you know, just. It's Glorious still good Bastards, watching it all again, that stuff. but that first time, it's like, yep. whoa. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I guess I would have to buckle down and pick one. I think it would be Mombasa. I know we're reviewing that coming up here, but... Wow. I don't spoil it. I still remember... Sarah got it for me for Christmas, and I remember reading the rule book, and I was just kind of... I had played some heavy Euros before. You know, Dominant Species is like a Euro in a war game. It's kind of a mix, but I'd played some heavier stuff... But, I don't know, the rule book was such a smooth read for me. I love the way it's laid out. And I remember sitting there like, man, I, I think I'm really going to like this. The first time I played, it was in what's now Maddie's room, which is my old game room. It was you, Michael, and it was me and my wife, Sarah. And I remember teaching you guys, and I remember distinctly where we were sitting and how we were sitting and just playing the game. And I was just so... I don't know. I just remember like almost all the moments of playing that, and it was just really fun, really cool. Just figuring out the puzzle of the game and stuff, and I just had so much fun. So you just want to relive that? Yeah. Three player, first. Player. I mean, I could relive all the games of playing that, but <laughs> just that. Typically on these, like Dominant Species was another one that I I love to relive that first play because just you're, it's something so new for your brain, and you're just. Yeah. You know, experiencing something new to you that you love. Yeah, I like you know, like that when you can experience that in a game, something that it seems so new and especially for me actually when I have no idea really what's going on. First place like I know there's stuff going on here, I can't quite figure it out, but it's really cool and I wanna do this again. Yep. Like you're halfway through and it's like you're already looking forward to, to your next, next play, play yeah. and you've got an hour and a half left to play <laughs> this game. Yep. So, Michael, what's our next one here? Well, let's go with what are two 
games that are sentimental to you and why? So what I have is one of the first games that we started playing and brought our group together. Charades? Or what was oh, that? Um, Gestures or something? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that would I have thought been, it would have been, been a twister, good one. but okay. <laughs> well, not that. So <laughs> I was thinking a little past that. Okay. Uh, we started playing Castle Ravenloft, one of the D&D adventure games. And I still remember getting together. It was me, you, and Brian mm-hmm. at the time. Came over to my house, set it up, and we started playing it. It was like, whoa. Like, this is really a game. And it was just one of those things that was like, open the floodgates. And then we started doing game nights. And then we would uh, we would start to do, um, we'd have a, like a learning day. Mm-hmm. And it just spun into our two-player game days on top of our regular game nights. So that was the one that I put down, just because it was one that really... Kind of the first hobby. Yeah, it opened my eyes to the hobby board games. And then the other one I put down was um, like Bolt Action, because it's the first miniature game I played. And growing up, I was always big into... So Tim always remembers his first. Yeah. Thanks for the little tidbit, Ryan. Appreciate that. Yeah, you got me. (laughs) So... Growing up as a kid, I was big into getting those model kits and gluing the cars together and painting them and all that stuff. So when I first started getting into bolt action, it was like it gave me that same feeling of assembling my stuff and painting it and having, you know, feeling good about, you know, something that I've just done, something I've just painted. Something like you created. Yeah, something I created. So I think that's like, you know, the biggest part of my sentimental for that is because I put work into it to make it look. Okay. I put work into game days. I got not, I got to play with you guys. It's that's a different style of work. That's draining. I know it's draining. <laughs> <laughs> so those were my two. Right. Um, so at first one, I got stone age. That one's probably the most sentimental to me just cause that's kind of what brought Sarah and you, Michael, in to board games for me, at least, kind of brought you guys in. And actually, that's one of mine as well was Stone Aww. Age because <laughs> it's really the game that got me into, like, yeah, you know, more hobby board games. It's touching that like, you guys had the oh, same. Man, you can. There are games like this. Yeah, I remember. Like, it's not that complex or anything, but like it just kind of blew my mind. It's like, wow, I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't know there were games like this out there. I thought everything was like Monopoly and Risk and stuff. Yeah, and is enough different decisions and good choices to make in the game. And I just remember playing it over and over and over again constantly. And it's something we actually got. Now, at that point in time, Kevin didn't really want to, but he actually played it. Our dad played it, and he was he's actually won a couple times, you know. So it was, that was always fun when he'd play. I've, yeah, I've played that game just tons and tons of times. Um, the other one for me would be War of the Ring. Uh, it's my number one game. The theme, I like the theme, but the thing is this game just, it makes me like that theme so much more because of how much that game just brings it out. Um, I like the commitment to learn it, you know, the experience of playing the game and the different mechanics in the game, like rolling those dice and using them for different actions and the card play in it and the asymmetrical sides and all that stuff and just... 
it's like an event every time I get to play that game. And I really enjoy it. All right. Well, it's touching. Mention that. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> mention that Stone Age was, you know, one of the first games that I played, Ryan, with you, and you know, you know, really probably the one that most you know got me into more serious gaming. My first worker placement, first resource management, both of which I really like those two types of games. So it really helped me, you know, get into that. So that was one of them. And then the other one is Axis and Allies. It's a game I yeah I played so much <laughs> as a kid. When I was, like, real young, it's a game I played all the time. It was my favorite game growing up. And, I mean, considering games at that time and, you know, being a kid and all the other games I played, there's actually a little bit more going on with that. It's I think we uh, might have... Uh, <laughs> Many rules wrong. Rules wrong, or didn't get in the rules because i'm sure when our dad explained that game to us back then like we were too young to get yeah. all, like the more complex things so kind of dumbed it down in that for us because i remember you know 10 years after i started playing looking at the rules for something i was like man we never played this we never did this we never did this but i just always remember that you know i liked world war Two and everything and you know being able to be each of those countries and i i I have no idea how many hours I put into that. When oh, I was yeah, just kid. one game just alone, how many hours I could so take. I remember setting it up, like all the little pieces you're setting up on the map, and then I'd always quit like a third away into the game because I was getting blown <laughs> out you know, every time. Yeah, and I, I got to the point with that game where I think I had the entire setup memorized, and you're putting, for all five <laughs> nations, you're putting... 40 different pieces out there yeah. there's, there's you know nine or ten different pieces that you put out like it kind of got a little ridiculous there but definitely always remember that game i should uh play that again sometime and look at the actual rules maybe that would ruin it for me if i played with the real rules though yeah you'd know. have that nostalgia thing yeah. and go back and it's like yeah. oh that's not what i remember <laughs> maybe i should leave it alone <laughs> leave it as a memory i've never played base Axes and allies before. It's very sentimental to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, why don't you give me two games that surprised you? One good way and one bad. So well, two games. Go ahead. All right. I was going to say the one that surprised me in a good way was Baseball Highlights 2045. <laughs> For me, anytime it's a sports game, I immediately think this is gonna suck. This is gonna be the worst game ever. It's yeah, it's not gonna recreate it well. It's gonna do a piss poor job, and it's it, you're just trying to get sports people involved in it, and you don't care about how the game was. But actually, like, it's a it's a good game. Like, it's a pretty simple deck builder in that. Like, it's not super complex, but like, it's a fun game. It's a fun take on on baseball with the the robots in the future and everything and like it's it's just a solid game i was not expecting a solid game at all and much less that i would actually enjoy it so i was hmm. yeah blown away like maybe it's not a super great game but it exceeded the, my expectations it makes more you than any feel, other game ever. feel like you liked it more than you maybe even do just because it like when you because it surprised when you go so in expecting like a bad movie and it's actually good you're like wow you know that was yeah. wasn't crappy. <laughs> I'm not saying it's a bad game and I'm just wrong about it, but that might be part of it. it was how bad I thought it was gonna be. Because when you brought that game out, Tim, I was like, 
Oh, God. I gotta... <laughs> All right, it should be quick, hopefully, at least, and that'll get that done with. So one for me, I guess, that surprised me in a good way would be Brass Lancashire. Now, I got the game. This is one of those. Usually I do, especially the last couple of years, I do a lot of research before I get a game, so I know a real good feel of the game. And this one I really didn't. You know, it's got good art and good components, so that drew me in, Tim. Mm-hmm. You know that feeling. Oh, yeah. And I I really liked it a lot, and the more I play it, the more I like it, and the more I'm thinking about it. And I still haven't played with four players, and I really want to. I just want that tight interaction on the map, the competition to get to places. I don't know. It, just, it surprised me because I didn't really know what the game would be like, and it's a lot different than anything I had played, and it was all in good ways for me. Yeah, it's a real solid game, and yeah, I really want to play that four-player, because we played two-player a few times first, at least I did, Yeah. Um, and really liked that, and then we played three-player. I was like, oh, man, that's that's even, that's a lot better, and mm-hmm. what was better was more the interaction with the different rails and canals and that, and I'm assuming that's got to be even more with the four-player, and that's the best part of that game, I think, is that Mm-hmm. It's that interaction where you're hurting someone else. Like you're using their things to help you. Like so you're not yeah. usually hurting somebody by these things. So it's it's a competition kinda... to get to certain spots. So you do sometimes, but also you're benefiting each other as well at times too. Yeah, so you can it's... take advantage of you know other people putting pieces out. Yep. My one surprise. So a little background. In a good way? Yeah. Okay. I am not a fan of abstracts at all so my biggest surprise I I know that about you yeah so my biggest surprise was Shobu that I actually liked it compared to is it the rope I think it was the rope okay yeah that's that's a key element yep so that was my one gaming surprise because I did not expect to like it at all I thought it was just going (laughs) to fall into here's another one of Aaron's abstracts so Aaron if you're listening hope this tickles your heart yep so there was it was the one that broke the mold for me. What about ones now that you've the floodgates since... are open? What since I've hmm, I don't think I've I don't know if I've learned any abstracts since playing that. Didn't you play oh, that you're like uh, them all now. that other Gip series one, the bouncer one or something like that? You played oh, that. Oh, we did play that after, like right after. Yeah, I didn't. That was just Old bizarre. Mold. It's no Shobu. <clears throat> yeah, it's not Shobu. Okay. Yeah, it's the bars. As far as abstracts go, it set the bar high. <laughs> so what about the games you did not like? Surprised, Surprised. us. You thought you would like, but you didn't. Yeah. Right. This is a game I was really excited for. It was probably one on Board Game Geek at the time, and I had I got interested in it because I like I've been played been playing Mage Knight a lot. <laughs> and I I love that game. It's it might be my favorite game, but it's it's right up there. It was my definitely my favorite game at the time. And I thought Gloomhaven, it seemed like it had a lot of similarities and everyone loves that game. So I thought this is gonna be the best thing ever. And then Ryan, we played a few things of it and every time we get done with that game, it's like I don't wanna do that again. <laughs> like I'm I'm not saying I'm done with it yet completely. Probably get out either, you know, Ryan with you or I understand if you don't want to continue playing, you know, maybe just going solo um, with that kind of starting over. We're not so far in where it's going to ruin it for me. So 
maybe thinking of doing that, but just not it. It yeah, just not not liking. It seems like you're doing the same thing with these monsters you're facing, and not drawn in by the story yet. So I was. I, this one was because the expectations were put so high, kind of the opposite of baseball highlights where my expectations yeah. were as low as they can get. This one, like it's probably the, you know, probably put the bar, set the bar way too high on it. And yeah. And it didn't reach it for me. So that kind of hurt it more than. Yeah. And the like quality of the, I've mentioned it before, but for me is that card play was so, repetitive and boring compared to mage knight the card play in it obviously the games are different is it but that part of it just was dull to me yeah i'm hoping i can get to the point where i'm getting some other characters and maybe when you get through some more levels and some some stuff so there's some potential still there but maybe three four plays now and i not not there yet <laughs> yeah so that was mine um one that surprised me in a bad way and gloomhaven's probably like close second or third there i didn't think of that one at the time but uh time stories i do not like this game at all everyone was just raving about it going nuts we played through the whole first scenario thing whatever you want to call it story yep it was the whole thing pretty much just was flat for me i didn't really enjoy any aspect of it i don't like the whole Oh, you gotta reset the entire thing and run through each room all over. Like you gotta spend yeah. forty minutes doing the same stuff you just did forty minutes. Like that's just dumb. The combat with the dice was like, I don't. It, it was just not exciting. It was, it was dull. Like the combat was dull. The art was good. That's about the only thing I could say. Um, you know, I, I realized more and more. The less I do like co-op games, a lot less. So maybe that's part uh, of it. It's part of it. I like competition. I like the heavier co-ops like Crusoe and Spirit Island, but I don't know. I just this game fell horrible for me. I've played two other of the scenarios. And part of a third one, Aaron and I started the Marcy case, but we never finished it. And I, yeah, it's, I wouldn't say it's good, but it's fine as far as like the story and trying to figure stuff out. I, I like that part, but yeah, it's, it doesn't live up to the hype that was on it. And you'd probably be happy to know, I don't know if you've heard recently, but they've wrapped up time stories. And a lot of people are pretty unhappy with how it turned out. Well, basically, I think everyone enjoyed the first, like, three, four, right around there. And each one that came out after that, they just... Got worse and worse. That's what I I know people, like, rated it a 10 when it first came out, and now they rate it, like, a 3 or a 4 of the game because they just hate it type of thing. Yeah. And they're revamping it and... Yeah, they're coming out with, like, a second season or second edition or something something like that. Yeah, I've never played that game, so I can't tell you if your opinions are correct or not. <laughs> it's fair. So stay tuned. Or not, I may never play it. So Yeah. So Tim, what do you got for a disappointment? My, you want to guess it? Or you don't care? Uh, just asking, yeah. Okay. Uh, so it's one that I was pretty pumped about the theme. 
and it was a Kickstarter oh, game. Okay. <laughs> and it was one where, oh, it's a worker placement, but it has the Jurassic Park theme. You can okay. put your workers out there. You can upgrade your park. It had cool little dino meeples. You haven't even played Dinosaur Island yet. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Shoot. I screwed up my... No. Uh, this was Dinogenics. I was pretty pumped about it. Played it the first time. Played it a few more times. And it was just like... You're trying man, to like it. <laughs> yeah, I really want... Even after playing it, I really wanted to like it, but I just could not. There was so many things wrong with the game. I couldn't stand the little uh, intrigue cards. They're not intrigue cards, but the cards you could play on other people that would just rat you, like the black hat cards. It even said in the rules you could take some of those out. So why even... Uh, it, it was just, just kind of a mess of a game, and it really bugged me. And then it annoyed me when the expansion came out and you could pledge $10 for an upgraded rule book for the base game. And it was like four months after the game came out? Yeah. Come, you couldn't do that initially? Right. Or you're making me pay for a good rule book? Right. Yeah. No, I'm not going to do that. So, so irritating, disappointing, wrapped all into one. And I've heard you, you know, talk before about like what things you didn't like about it and like the game you're describing that you would like is Dinosaur Island. <laughs> so like, like I was hoping for this and this and this, and that's exactly what Dinosaur Island is. So I think you should play that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, last question I want to ask you guys here is, what are your board game X factors? Art, components, a good theme. Okay. They can really uh, set games apart, but that's not always necessarily true. So realistically, I don't really have a full answer. All right, Michael, what do you got? <laughs> um. <laughs> Tim kind of flopped I don't have a, I don't answer. have a great answer either. I, <laughs> I don't know, but I I went with like really good components. Like if they're if they're the super chunky, you know, pieces like that can really yeah metal coins. Yeah, metal coins is always because I I forget so many times like how many of these games we play that don't actually have those metal coins because if there's a game I like and it doesn't have them, like I'll get metal yeah. coins. Or now Ryan, you've gotten that for a lot of games like. Metal coins are always really nice. Yep. I think for me, it's a newer, innovative mechanism in gameplay is always an X factor for me. Um, I might not always end up liking that, but there's, like, deck building. I liked it right away. I was really tired of it because it's, like, when a game is totally focused on that, blah, but, like, Great Western Trail, where it's a small aspect in that game, that's really cool. I got a deep game with tough and interesting decisions. I want to make good decisions like i got a bunch of choices out here i don't want just this is the only option that you really have i want like there's a plethora of things that are good for me right now which which one do i want to do you know i like setup variability for me that makes each game a lot different uh the, whether the strategies might be different how you go about a strategy might be different that's always a lot of fun and then i like tracks with bonuses uh Orleans, Mabasa, just moving up tracks is fun. Mm -hmm. And it's cool when you get like a little special ability or a one time bonus, you know, just Yeah, that like stuff that. always always adds to a game. Like one minor one kind of similar to that that I like is just when you have like 
you get like say you get four tiles or something or four cards and you choose two of them or something to start your starting resources like i like that so much more yeah than just you start with three wood and two coins like yep. starting with just some variability in it like it's such a small change but it increases my liking of it so much it's it so makes much it makes you feel like you have control over your game like from the setup yeah it, you know you can use some strategy right away it's like all right i'm gonna take these and these and i'm gonna go for this so like you're already starting the game you're already doing something before the game even starts yeah that that's cool i like i think another one for me would be too is uh like wake up tracks like viticulture mm-hmm. uh, alchemist there's other like fresco i i think was the first or one of the first games that does that but depending on your turn order you get different benefits and things like that yeah. is really cool yeah. that's such a benefit too versus just going first like you're choosing like well you can go first but you're losing out in this or do i go for these yeah. you know, these resources or this extra thing yeah that's always a and again another one of those like those are things that i like very simple simple things that can totally change a game where it's very you know unique or add so much to it mm-hmm. i'm gonna call bs on you your x factor I cannot believe you just didn't say Sir Alexander. I that is your X factor. I if, it's, if it if his name's on the box, boom, that's it. It's not necessarily true. X-Factor. I don't even have all his games. Yeah, but I think that's just a misstep. You're just on trying your to part. spread out the joy you're going to have of getting a game. If getting it, it in the mail, if right. it's a heavier game and his name is the designer, yeah. That's an X factor, but or it's I because, think he's in denial. Yeah, well, that's I think that's the biggest part is denial. Yep. But then also, he well, no, I'm the one who knighted him, so he, he doesn't want denial. us to jump on him too much, because if yeah, he goes out and work. orders like eight games and they're all Fister games, I don't think he, he doesn't can handle getting oh, I have eight no shame. Fister games at once. Oh, yeah, I have no shame about mind. getting more I, Fister yeah. games. <laughs> I'll just get two copies of all his games. <laughs> In case one burns I out, definitely like could a... see you doing that. <laughs> yeah, I could. Too. What if they, you know, stop printing it and or they're out of copies, and then I can't play? And I it do gets have ruined. two copies of War of the Ring. I have one at Dad's house, Dad's place, just in I, case. I so he's going to start okay. stockpiling Fister Alexander game. Fister games. <laughs> I got storage unit. different locations, <laughs> just filled with them. <laughs> I'm, it wouldn't surprise me if you already had that. I, I mean, bet he, he hasn't told us about it. Yeah. Locked away in a safe somewhere. Yeah, or... This gave me a good idea. <laughs> I don't have all the games yet. No. He's still designing some. <laughs> so if that wraps up Ryan's round table. It does. Let's move on to our first review, Through the Ages. Through the Ages, A New Story of Civilization, was designed by Vlada Shavatel and published by Czech Games Edition in 2015. It plays two to four players in supposedly two hours, <laughs> but realistically, it's three to five. Uh, Through the Ages is a competitive civilization-building card game. The game will start in the age of antiquity and end in the modern age. The player with the most culture will win the game. Throughout the game, players will be drafting cards from a card row, and the different cards will be leaders, technologies, and wonders your civilization can put into play. Players will need to balance resource and food production to build buildings and feed their civilization as it grows. Science production is needed to gain access to better technologies. It is difficult to win with a large military, but it is easy to lose because of a weak one. Finally, culture production is what is needed to win the game. At the end of Age 3, the game will end will trigger and players will have one or two more turns. 
all age 3 events are evaluated, and the civilization who best balances all aspects of the game will come out with the most culture and win. How do you guys feel about the production in Through the Ages, A New Story of Civilization? It's good. I like the little resource cubes as far as, um, I mean, stuff that you handle. Otherwise, the cards, you have them sleeved, so it's kind of hard to tell. But as far as I can see, they're good quality. Yeah, the cards are good quality. The player boards, they're a little flimsed. Yeah, they're a little thin. If I remember correctly. Yeah, and I I don't like that it's, was it like three different boards or something like I wish it was like one board, maybe a second one. Yes like. and no, like with the like the culture, science, military boards. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it is weird, but it it makes sense though. Because depending of, on like the the cards that come out, that part of it I like. But I wish the other stuff was like all just one board. Connected. Yeah, just like a bigger. Yeah. One connected board. I mean, they say they did it just so because this game can take up so much space with like cards above yeah. you and that's yeah. that way you can rearrange it however to you, fit your table fit, yeah I, I get that because it does take up a lot of space yeah it but... does feel weird sometimes when you're setting it up and it's like you got your board for that and your board for that but you know you can just buy a table to fit the game i mean come on <laughs> it's true this is or well, custom make a table it, yeah. like aaron's got yeah, that's true not that he custom made it for this game, but <laughs> I have a feeling he didn't. <laughs> this is the type of game that you customize a table around, yeah, just because it's so true. good. Yeah, I would agree. The player boards, check games. They they their component quality is a little thinner than I would like, but it's like good quality if that makes sense. You know what it, I mean? It does. It's serviceable. Yeah. It's. it's like the cardboard feel, it's sturdy. Even though it's thin, it's sturdy. But yeah, it's okay. thinner than I would like. I really like the art. I do too. In the game, yep. yeah. Like in all the... All, especially the, all the cards. All right. Yep. Every one of them, like they're they're all unique and they're colorful and even the leaders, you know, look really good. I thought like all of them. Yeah, every every one of them, like I really like. You know, it's a the colors really pop too. Yeah, I think you know they're not the they're not the. Um, those light colors, they're they're brightish and you know, and everything's crisp mm-hmm. with the art. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm a huge fan of that. Um, what do you guys feel about the theme in this one? I like it a lot. I can feel it as, especially for a very heavy, long game. I definitely feel like I'm starting in the age of antiquity, and like I'm getting better leaders, and they're giving me special abilities that fit them, and. I'm building up my culture and maybe I might go more for science so I can build a bunch of science, but then I kind of lack on my food production because I haven't built that up and I'm still using the little starting one. So I I feel that I feel like I'm a civilization building up actually quite a bit. Yeah. I, it definitely like, I like, I love the theme, a civilization theme but it's not always done well and this you really feel like you are like you're yeah. you're starting with so few resources and science and you know you're starting with so few things and you're really building up you're getting a lot more actions a lot more resources a lot more you know food people you know science you know doing all these things you really feel like you are progressing constantly and the the theme fits so well um, for this game and again a theme that I I really enjoy so that helps a lot too 
Yeah, I uh, I grew up playing a lot of Sid Meier's Civilization, the computer game, and absolutely loved it. So for me, a lot of other people too, a Civ game is kind of like a it's a Holy Grail type thing. You know, no one can ever find the perfect one. You know, just really hard to do and do well. I think it's surprising how thematic this game feels for me, considering it's a card game. Yeah. You know, it's really weird how, even though there's no map out there, I still feel, because you got your military, it's just, it's weird how thematic it feels in every aspect of the game for me, despite it just being cards, and there's no map, and it's a Civ game. There's no tech tree, any of that stuff, you know. So for me, it really captures Sid Meier's Civilization, the computer game for me, a lot, way more than I even expected. But yeah, anyways, uh, what do you guys feel about the... And Sid is in the game. It's true. Yeah. Yes. What do you guys feel about the gameplay in this? So I'm going to start off with some negatives. And All right, so we'll move on to the pros. <laughs> <laughs> so it it's not totally a negative, but I do feel I've had some plays that felt like it played really long. But my more recent plays, it's almost flipped where... I almost felt like it was too short last time we played. <laughs> so when I initially got into the game... You don't always when often I, feel that like a four-hour game, that was too short. Yeah. <laughs> so, but but that is a negative for me because... Like a negative well, that it's too short or that it was too long or both? Kind of both because it does take a long time to play. And when we picked it for game day it was an investment to play because it took up a good chunk of the game day. So that can be a negative for people, but also I think it's a positive because it's so engaging. It's really thematic for me that what other people are doing on their turns, I'm invested in what they're doing because I'm trying to see what cards are coming down the card. Yeah. You're thinking, man, I hope no one takes this one. Like I hope you're looking at one card that's way on the end and you're hoping it gets all the way through. So you're like, Oh no, no, no. Yep. So it feels it. It's a long game, but it didn't feel as long as it was. We got done playing and it was like, it just feels so rewarding that I wanted some more turns to see my engine building or get more cards, you know. So it's kind of a pro and a con at the same time in that fact. So somebody new to the game, there is kind of a learning curve. So if you're not sure what cards are coming, you can definitely have an advantage in the game as far as your strategy, knowing what some of the wonders score you at the end of the game because you can build towards them. Yeah. So... I do think it's punishing for new players because if they don't know or they don't realize. So a good point was in our last game, we kept telling Marv, hey, don't ignore military. Military is very important. He already didn't know that because he's played the app and we pounded him. Yeah. And he's played against the computer That's and true. stuff. But he, com- he almost completely ignored it. And by the time we were able to start attacking him, he had a good lead. But it vaporized. It was gone in a hurry. It didn't vaporize because he was still real. real he was pretty close he was close, end. but he had such a big lead going into it. We weren't really worried because we knew if we can get some of these attack cards, that it was going to chip him down. I mean, I was worried quite a bit just because I don't know if I'm going to get. Well, you were way behind. Yeah, I was. Close I needed to a, him. a war over culture to yeah. have a chance at winning. 
And you had you ended up getting two of those. And yeah, I got one. A, it was a big swing. And then my only other negative is sometimes you can be at the mercy of the card draws that get the the deck of cards as they're coming down the card row. So there were a few times I was like, okay, I really need more military cards. I'm looking for those, but on my turn, they never showed up. Or they showed up, but they were too far up on the track. So as much as I do like the cards sliding down the rows and you're basically spending actions and drafting those cards, sometimes you can hit points where you're looking for certain cards, but they don't come out on your turn quite yeah. right. The The military is the one part of that that where those that card thing like I, I don't necessarily love because you can kind of get stuck where if you're a little bit behind and then you just can't get any military cards that come out right and then there's nothing you can do about it like mm-hmm. those like it doesn't happen that often yeah and I'm, yeah and like with everything else i don't mind at all because like you got a it's a very tactical game you can have a strategy but it's very tactical as far as what cards come out what you have to prioritize based on that but you you, you got to be really careful with that military to make sure you don't fall too far behind and you'll know, give yourself some outs so that if someone's if someone attacks you a little bit, it's not a big deal. But if they can do a few turns in a row, it can really hurt. Yep. And you know, some of that is coming down to your strategy and making sure early in the game, at least you have some, like I said, you know, have some outs with it. But it takes some plays to get to that point where you can avoid some of that. Um, so, like you said, with the learning curve, I think that's a big thing with this game is, you know, the the knowing what cards are going to come out. I remember that in my first play, like. After I get done, got done with that, I was like, okay, now I know what these things are. I can, I can have a better strategy coming out, or I know, like, oh, mm-hmm. I need to get this, you know, this iron when it comes out. Or if I don't get any of those, I need to get the next one, you know. So there is a, a big learning curve, and so when I know one of Aaron's things is, you mentions about the length of it, like it's a, it's a tough game to, you know, to lose for that long in yeah. the game. But he's playing against, you know, the three of us a lot of times who have played it a ton. So that can kind of kind of hurt there, but once you get a few plays in, it's such a rewarding game. Yeah, and those are my only negatives on the game, and my positives well outweigh those. Obviously, I love the civilization building where you're starting with almost nothing, and you're building it up, building it up, and you can kind of go towards your own strategy. In the fact of, okay, do you want to go heavy military? And you can build that up. Do you want to go more culture? Are you going to focus more on your wonders or your food production? All that stuff. I love seeing that. I love drafting the cards on your turn. Man, it's so good. Yeah, I love how much there is to decide between doing. And you can't, you can go heavy in certain things, like you mentioned, but you can't totally ignore any of the things. Like, well, if you don't no, have you, agriculture, you, you can't, kill yourself. You can't get you, enough. You, you can't, can't get go people all in on anything yeah. in this game. You're, yeah. Once you play two to three games, then the length, which it's, I have it down as a con. A lot of these cons don't bother me, but sometimes they do a little bit. But these are cons I could definitely see people having. Is how long it is. Yep. After you yeah. play it a couple times, it's going to go drastically down. You and me, Michael. Now, if I mean, if I'm, I'm watching Maddie and whatnot, it's obviously going to take longer. But if we played just right now, we sat down and played, it'd probably take us two hours. It takes us yeah. three typically because we got other stuff going on and 
yeah like and that. when it's four people it's going to be longer like mm-hmm. with that like you know kind of commented when you're going through the description of like what does it say a two-hour game yeah like, it's like the thing for me though is it even when we do a four-hour game or a four-player game it feels like two hours so maybe it's doing yeah. how long it yeah. feels <laughs> like it takes not how long it actually takes because it always seems like two hours even though we play it takes us twice that long to play Mm-hmm. And I think this is more of a con for in your early games. You can have this when you're more experienced or just just have a bad play, but it can have bad games where sometimes you just can't catch up, especially if you get hit early. Not once or twice is fine, but if you get hit a lot early. Yeah, to me, if, if you fall, you can fall a little bit behind and, and be okay. There's still ways you can catch up, but if you fall too far behind, you can get to a point where you're done you're you're too far behind in some of these things and you just you, you don't have enough time you you have enough time but you just yeah it, it kind of it that problem is gonna keep multiplying you know it's exponential problem if you get to a certain point falling behind because you can't because you can't ignore any of these things like it's it's real tough yeah I'll usually point. typically i just build up my infrastructure for the late last half of the game um i won't go out early out some sometimes you do it just depends it's so tactical everything in this yes. game is completely Extremely. tactical you can never go into the game with a strategy like i'm gonna go for this or that you you can't do you that you have to base it on the cards that come out Even and when they come f- out very first cards that first turn like the antiquity where you only get maybe one or two or maybe three actions to start that can be so important like do you pick up the the pyramids or which of these wonders do you pick up and that's totally going to change how you have to approach the game that with each the leader that you get for each age you can pick one leader each age and they give you really powerful things that you can take advantage of so i'll never ever go in with any long term strategy in thinking like, oh i want to get this leader like you can't do yeah. that because yep you don't know when gonna, they're gonna it may not be you know make sense to take it based on the amount of actions it takes someone else may take it you know all these things like you can have a strategy, but you have to be very, you know, very tactical about it. You have yeah. to be willing to change what you're going for to fit your think, cards and what you get. That's one of the huge pluses for me is it's so tactical that the game is so replayable that way. Yeah. And with the military, I'll never... Sometimes you can get stuck, but typically it's your own fault. You need to yeah. basically allow yourself leave yourself enough resources or food or some of those uh action cards where you can build military units you basically want to leave yourself a way of getting your military up in one turn if you need to yeah like if if someone shoots up all at once you got to be able to do that too so that's and i think the problem for me with it was always that I don't like the military. I don't enjoy playing that part of it as much, so I never would want to. So I would kind of ignore it just because I don't want to have to deal with this. But when when I do it properly, where you know I don't necessarily have to build up the military a lot, but I give myself, you know, I got this card that I can play if I need to, or I got this tactic I can use. Yeah. Then it's a lot better, and I enjoy the game a lot more. It's it's my own fault. Some, a couple of those plays. I think the military balances the game so incredibly well, where someone can't just. Yeah run away on the culture it right it ba- there's so much balancing in this game between the military the culture your resource your food production and your science production where all those you have to balance them so well where you yeah. can't just go nuts in one of them yeah. you just hurting yourself yeah. you I love it where, like, if you don't get agriculture you can't get people if you don't get resources you can't you know 
build up some of these things where you're getting more and more of them. You know, you can't ignore science because then these cards you have, you can't get them out there to even play, to mm-hmm. have the opportunity to put stuff out there. The happiness, like if you ignore that, you can get into trouble. Like at the end of an age where you lose, you know, some of those yellow tokens, you know, the military, if you can't totally ignore that, otherwise someone's going to crush you. You know, the even the government where your number of actions, you know, all those different things you have to balance. And I didn't even mention the culture, which is what, that's victory points in the game. Didn't even mention right. that. Like these eight different things before you even get to what the end goal, you're what you're striving for in the end is getting that culture. So yeah. I think that's the main thing for newer people is the military to understand that you don't have to be in the lead. You want to remain competitive, but you want to basically have a. If you're not way high up there, you need to have a way. You have plan. Like how am I going to get up there if I get hit by something or if people are starting to jump up okay i have these action cards i have this technology in my hand i have just a way to do it and typically when i've gotten beat militarily it's my own fault it's because i ignored and didn't plan yeah, right i know it. we've played a couple you know especially a two-player ones where i'm kind of you know, i've had that where i've gotten beat military by you from that and it's like it's kind of frustrating at the time, but I know it's because it is frustrating I when it happens. It. It's like you know I brought this on myself by completely ignoring it too much and mm-hmm. kind of letting. It, and then like oh, when I realize oh now I got to do something like and it's too late because those cards don't come through. Like it's basically like my issue with the cards for military is that I want those cards to bail me out when I <laughs> plan poorly and they don't always do yeah. that. Sometimes and, they have, but other yeah. times like oh. Yeah, I guess that's on me. <laughs> and the military player, too, he needs, you know, he doesn't know if he's going to get the right cards or the cards he wants to attack somebody. So it's not like he yeah. just is guaranteed to do the stuff that he wants with it. And you still can't just go military. No. Like, if you, like, like you mentioned, the balancing with it, like, if you do fall a little bit behind on some of these things, you can push up your military as a as a kind of a way to catch up. But that may or may not work as well. Like you mm-hmm. get, even if you, you get a few of those, you know, even a, a war or a, you know, or something like that, it, it doesn't mean it's going to end up working out for you, but it gives you a chance to get back in the game and be competitive unless you fall way too far behind. But I think it's really interesting with the leaders and wonders, because depending on which of those you have, it changes how you're going to play the game a lot yep. and what they do. Yeah. Honestly, the replayability and, Everything in this game is just off the charts. Uh, the rule book is awesome. It's got basically your intro rule book. You read that once, it explains your first play, how everything works, gives picture examples, and then all there is is this basically an appendix rule book where it goes through each phase of the game. Anything that comes up is answered in there. It's super, it's like the epitome of a perfect rule book for me. Yeah, and they give a really detailed player aid too. Mm-hmm. So everyone sitting there, you know, if it's not your turn, you're wondering what you can do with your extra actions. You can sit and, okay, I can use my military actions for this, or I can use my regular worker actions for this. And I, that's always helpful. And I like on the player board too, where it, at first couple of plays, I wasn't really looking at it. But then when I looked at the board more, it's like, oh, it lists everything that you do once kind of at the end of your turn, that end age stuff, because yep. you're doing a lot of, you're doing production, consumption, all those different, you know, taking cards, discarding cards. There's a lot of things you're doing there, but it walks you step by step through yeah. it. So, like, when you're halfway through the first play, like, you should be able, you know, it's simple to go through it and understand what you're supposed to do if you actually 
read it. Yeah, yeah, definitely helps. And go by it step by step instead of just like, oh, I think I remember it, which yeah, I was doing a little bit. It shows the first couple plays. Yeah, and then the other end of your turn, what you have to do, and all that stuff. Yeah. So the cons can be, uh, we talked about it's long. It's a really heavy game. Um, it's very fiddly. There's tons of bookkeeping. You know, you gotta. Yeah, with those resources and the. Yep. Um, it's really hard to get out on game day. That's probably my biggest con. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not so, but with all that said, um, do you guys want to get on to final ratings? Do you have anything well, I else? I got a couple more things actually. One thing that I I really like about it is sometimes there's there can be an issue with players like there's a lot of different ways to go about things, but they just kind of do one every time they play. They'll go the one route, which isn't necessary. You know that can be fine and that, but in this game because of the way those cards come out and the different wonders and leaders that you won't always get, like it forces people not to play the same way every time, basically. Right. You're, it's not going to work for you if you, you can't take the same cards every time you know, you can't get them in the same order because they won't come out in the same order. So, you know, that's, that's refreshing to me to know that like, all right, every game I play this, it's going to be different because it has to be, you can't, yeah, you can't fall back on your normal strategy. Two people playing against, you know, against each other all the time like oh they just always do the same strategies that can get a little bit old and Mm -hmm. this game doesn't allow you to even do that Mm -hmm. so it forces you to be a better player Mm -hmm. in some ways yeah so final ratings i this is one of the few games that i do rate a 10 wow i know we're going back to back we had a culture last week last episode wow yeah, it's. I just love so much, so many things about it. It just, it's so rewarding when you get done, and you know, even if you do fall behind in the game, you are able to catch back up mm-hmm. if you're experienced, and if you can do that and squeak out a win at the end, it's just so rewarding. You know, the app is fantastic as well. Mm-hmm. It does a great job of simulating the tabletop version of the game and yeah definitely if you have any interest in this game and you're not sure like i don't know if i'm gonna have time to get it played yep. or i'm just not quite sure on the game you know it's 10 bucks it's yeah. much cheaper yeah. this gives you a great feel for how the board game is it's great i still always enjoy the in person you know the physical game more but right. it's a great app and like it gets rid of that fiddliness for sure yeah and it helps you learn the cards too, yeah. like when you're playing yep, with on the table. Yeah, if someone's you know. inexperienced because all the the cons that I do have are mostly they're not cons for me. They're cons for an inexperienced player playing against experienced players. Right. Yeah. So like for the three of us to play against someone who's never played before, it's more like well that fourth person may not enjoy it for these reasons. But you know that's a good way to get experiences by you know playing those other ones and. You know, if you can, you know, it's a, you know, the long time frame for it, you know, it takes a while to play. So those new players, you know, can be tough for them, but yeah, but it, those are not cons for me. It so hits, it just hits so well. I just, just thinking about it makes me want to play again. I'm, yeah, I'm willing to play this whenever. And it's just so good. Yeah, I mean, 10 I just, is, that's yeah. a really high score that seems a bit ridiculous to me, but all right, I'll let you have it. Okay. My rating is a 10. <laughs> Yeah, I know. That's probably a bit much, but... Just for the record, I said it first. Wow, you copied me. Wait, is that how that worked? Dang it. I don't think so, but maybe? Yeah, it's definitely like... 
one of my top probably two or three games. It's just fantastic. And all the, the negatives, that, like I said, are not for me. So I don't mind playing against people who are inexperienced. And <laughs> might feel like it takes forever and get crushed. You don't mind playing against Aaron, but <laughs> yeah, but it is like, it's one where like once, you know, and even some, you know, Aaron or whoever else, you know, newer people to the game, like once you can get a few plays into it, understand those cards and then you can be competitive. It'd be a tough game to, like you said, you know, be behind for four hours losing at a game. But once you get a few more plays in and understand it, like you may not win it, but you can be competitive once you get a little bit of experience with it and just yeah everything we've talked about like so seamless and just so much feels like you're you're building you know a civilization and those last turns where you're you're hitting that wonder that's going to score you 30 points and really things really come together where you're taking your seven eight actions towards the end you know and you're getting all this stuff done it really comes together that's the, you know, one of the most rewarding games yeah, you know, definitely. at the end of the game. He should be used to losing anyways, Aaron, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but this one, he's got to sit there for a couple hours. He's used to losing for like an hour <laughs> or <Yeah>. a half hour, <laughs> 10 minutes. With his, yeah. So this probably has that X factor for you, Tim. You've mentioned before where you start from nothing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you build up. That could be one of those X factors that you didn't state. That's true. So for me, yeah, it's, you know, 10s all around here. There's not a whole lot more I can say besides I really think this game is a masterpiece on so many levels with the rule book, balancing the game, um, the tactical and strategic level of the game, varying strategies, just all that stuff meshes together into a near perfect experience for me. If you're okay with be- the game being long, heavy, fiddly with a lot of bookkeeping, are you okay with that? This is a game for Even you to check out. Even the fiddliness, out. I don't think that it's not that fiddly where it's, you know, truly stop someone from playing it. If they're okay um, with the other stuff, little, like a yeah, long, a little bit game, of fiddliness. But... Yeah. I don't think it's enough. And it's, it's not so fiddly that it should stop anyone from playing the, the length and the, you know, complexity of it that I can get. But even if you're kind of on the fence, definitely play it. Mm-hmm. Um, even if you don't like it, get the app and try it and then there. go from there. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone should do this. Play it. So if that wraps up our review of Through the Ages, let's move on to our next review, Mombasa. Mombasa was designed by Alexander Pfister. Sir Alexander Pfister. Well, you guys said it, so Sir Alexander Pfister. Michael said it. <laughs> and published by Eggert Spiel in 2015. It plays two to four players in 75 to 150 minutes. Mombasa is an economic competitive game where players acquire shares of chartered companies based in Mombasa, Cape Town, St. Louis, and Cairo, and spread their trading posts throughout the African continent in order to earn the most money. This dark chapter in human history is loosely captured within the gameplay. The rulebook does give a brief history and references a source of more information on the subject matter. The game will last seven rounds and the player with the most money at the end will win. During the game, players will be playing cards from their hands into different card slots. The cards and worker pawns will be used to carry out actions one at a time until all players have passed for the round. Players may expand the four companies on the map to drive up shares in each company. Each player can move up on the diamond or bookkeeping tracks to earn end-of-game money and more card slots to play into each round. 
Players may also move up on the four company tracks to earn more shares and special benefits. More powerful cards may be purchased to help you take more powerful actions. At the end of the seventh round, players add up their money in a number of categories and the player with the most money is the winner. What kind of production quality is going on in Mobasa? It definitely has a good production quality. It's got the good player boards, the little wooden buildings that you put out as you're kind of spreading the companies around the map. You know, they're good quality. I have yeah. no complaints on on that. Yeah. They're good. Front. You know, the cards are fine you know, and everything. They're, you know, a little bit, you know, they're smaller than, you know, playing card size and standard size, but like they're fine. You can see everything you need to on them. Yeah. You know, they, they, it kind of get in the way because of, you know, what you're doing with those cards. They'd, That'd be tough if they were full size. They'd it would take up, take up a too lot, much this, yeah, too much space in that. Yeah, I know. never mind Hobbit cards in games. I know a lot of people don't like them. I don't typically mind I don't, them. It doesn't bother me. But yeah, in this game, that there's nothing that you know subtracts from the game. It's it's not great. You know, it's not. I'm not going to play this because of the components. But mm-hmm. you know, they're fine, decent. You know, everything. So yeah, it's got the thick player boards, which is good. Yep. Two little things that I like. The little ink pot, or the ink well, and then the little diamond. I just like those things are kind of yeah. Those are the best me. two those pieces. Cool. Yeah, um, the art's fine. The art's good, but yeah, it's your th- your little disc things that you know, two or three that you have. Those are those are standard. Decent. Those are yeah. pretty standard and you know wood pieces. You know they're not not flimsy or anything. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a point of contention in the game. Uh, what do you guys think about the theme? The theme. Yeah. So. It's really pretty dark. It's basically the European colonization and exploitation of the African continent, which kind of a dark point in human history, mm-hmm. which... One of the many dark points. Yeah, there are a lot of those. But, but yeah, so I don't like that theme at all. But like, what saves it for me is that when you're actually playing the game, it doesn't feel like that too much and so it and it also helps like the game it doesn't completely gloss over because i know you mentioned this in the intro but it does you know it right off the bat in that rule book i believe it gives a little paragraph you know we understand you know talking about how yeah yes we understand with the theme of this and and the game doesn't touch on those things it doesn't get into the you know, into all that, but it does, you know, gives you some reading and so you can explore more and do it. So it doesn't totally ignore it. If it totally ignored it, I wouldn't like it. And if it felt more thematic, I definitely wouldn't like right. it. Yeah. It's, it's like good. the more thematic this game would be, the worse it would be for me. It's yeah. good in the fact that the while the gameplay is pretty abstr- abstracted from the theme, yes, they right. at least Thankfully. admit the theme. They don't gloss over it. They admit it. They talk about yeah. it a little bit, and then they give you some reference material similar to some other games that we have played, like Crusaders mm-hmm. and stuff like that, where they give you more where to get more info on it. You know, yeah. if you yeah, like I I don't love it. You know that sometimes like it's really good that they do that. It kind of seems like a little bit of a cop out sometimes when games do that. But I mean, it's also you don't want to. You know, you don't want to play a game that's going to get really heavily into that, you know, because yeah. you're just not going to feel comfortable playing that game, or I right. won't. You know, I'm not going to want to play a game that's more thematic or that really gets into those types yeah. of things. Like Freedom, the Underground Railroad. It's a cooperative game, but you're you're trying to help. You're you helping know, slaves escape the South. They're getting yeah. caught and captured and all that other stuff. Yeah, so. like I haven't played that one. Like, if you're like, 
it's a darker theme, but if you're the ones, you know, trying to escape, that I think can be be good in that way. If you're like on the other end, if you're someone trying to stop the slaves from escaping and that like that's not in the game at all right right like no i can't imagine anyone wanting to play that yeah that part that side of things and this side in this game you're basically the you know the europeans colonizing things so like if it was more thematic in that way like i can't imagine ever wanting to play this the theme alone would stop me from playing this game no matter how much i'd like it so do you guys think it would have been a good idea to not that they shy away from this theme but they could have done the theme as if say if you're four different companies colonizing like the moon it or something I mean, you know the same could be said for a lot of games like crusaders you know that's right just as dark yeah part, you know it, it doesn't and i'm not saying that games should shy away from dark themes you know if they're going to abstract yeah. them i guess history but is dark it is history and, yeah. It might. This might help someone who doesn't know so much about this look into it more and find yeah, more. Learn I'll, something. I'll mm-hmm. Learn something about it's the not history. Not something we it. learn a lot about that in history. I never did learn a lot about that, you know, yeah. in history class or anything like that. So you don't touch on that a lot. Yeah, there's, like there's positives and negatives to, you know, doing yeah. a theme like this. Yeah, I would so agree. That you know, I think when they create a game like this, they've got to be very careful about. You know how they do that. And I think they they did it well here. You can do this very very wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think you can do it great, but they they did a good job with it, and you know, making so that it's still palatable to play the game, and you don't feel like yeah, you know, you're you know exploiting Africa when you're playing the game, which is good. Yeah. So definitely. <laughs> so Tim, why don't we get into the gameplay on this one? You've been very vocal, both of us <clears throat> on the show, about how much we do and do not like it. Correct. So one of you likes it and one of you doesn't. I can't remember which. So I will start <laughs> off. There are things in the game that I do like. It's not just completely a bad game for me, and I wouldn't say it's a bad game either. So the things I do like are the cards. I like how the the card play works. So you starting the game, you can play your three cards do those actions and then you move them up to the discard piles and there's the three discard piles now you can unlock more card slots later in the game but i like that and then you're the next round you're going to play your next set of cards and then you're going to pick up one of your discard piles so you're kind of trying to time out when that happens or when you pick up those discard piles yeah i like i like that maybe round three i want to play a bunch of cotton and hats or just different you can plan ahead right yeah, so like the part you know that is like you can't just plan your one turn. You also have to place those. You're, so you're like, all right, so this I'm going to do this turn. Next turn I want to go for hats or this turn I want to go for bananas. So you have to like think like probably, you know, three turns ahead. And, like, all right, I want to do this then. So like there's a lot of planning as far as where you put each of those cards. And like so there's a lot of thinking involved in that. So, yeah, I pretty innovative too and i like mm-hmm. i really like that in this game yeah so that is my one pro <laughs> all right got those out of the way so just some cons my biggest con and i cannot stand the bookkeeping track i know we've talked about it before and every time i've tried to do it i just cannot get the timing right so maybe it's just me 
not being able to do it correctly. But every time I try it, I just get frustrated and I stop doing it and I feel like I wasted half the game trying to do something that I just don't enjoy doing. So I don't like that. Mm. I'm also not huge on... So I think in our last game, I was going for St. Louis stocks. So I was... I figured you wouldn't be a fan of the, the map because it's interactive. Right. Well, so what I don't like is that... So I was pushing St. Louis. I was moving the little huts out, and I was doing stuff for St. Louis. The other two players in the game were pushing Mombasa or whichever company it was. So I almost felt like I was battling two different two people against my one company. So I was trying. That's. I think that's something that's hard for people to get, though. It's not like your company. No, I get that. But if I'm if I'm going to spend three or four turns pushing St. Louis, and then I have two people pushing another company, and they push St. Louis out, I feel like, wow, I just wasted my time doing actions to just get pushed back off the board. And it's frustrating. And then it's like, well, that company's not worth as much anymore. So, again, it's like I wasted... If- yeah, I think Some part of, of my... that with yours is because you dislike the bookkeeping so much, there's only a few different ways that you can score. There's the diamond track, the bookkeeping track, and then with the money the different shares. stocks you know, right. and shares. So if one of them you don't like and then you do get kind of pushed out, like, well, it just kind of limits your options. Yeah. Where... So I felt yeah. like if I wasn't, if I didn't happen to go up on stocks early with somebody else, I felt like I was just behind the entire game. Because then you can buy stock cards. Yep, I can get stock cards, but I don't nearly have as much stock in that company as the the two players that are pushing up on the other track. Mm-hmm. So that was a big negative for me. And yeah, I understand I could switch strategies and start pushing for more stocks on their side. But again, I felt like, well, here I'm building up a company and they just get wiped off the board. And yeah, oh, cool. Yeah, and I, I. For me, I really like that part of it. You know, the first few plays of it, you know, this game with more plays, it definitely helps because there's so much strategy. And you know, as far as when you're playing, you know, attacking those three different ways to score, you know, differently each time. And you know, one thing that helped me was learning the, all right, so these companies are going up. I don't necessarily, you know, you know not like you said, right, not thinking of it as your company. Uh, but if you see someone flying up on one track, you you know it helps to you know maybe piggyback off that. Maybe you're not gonna get higher in that track than they are, but you can you know get a lot of points just by you know can move up on that track some, get to the point where like I'm getting a decent amount of points, and then I'm gonna outscore this person on my diamond track, or maybe you're also you know maybe you know up on a second company in that, and sometimes you gotta know when to stop moving up on a track um, and when to like kind of jump in on one towards the end and try to steal yeah. a few points basically so what i'll do a lot of times with that is i'll look at because the the tracks the bonus you get when you move up the tracks each company has a bonus early on when you move up on the track and then farther up on the track you get another bonus yep. typically they're the, the same type of bonus the second one's just better than the other one so i'll look at the beginning of the game which one or two bonuses or special abilities or worker placement spots do I want to get? I don't worry about the company value early in the game at all or the first half of the game. I'll go, which benefit do I want to have during this game? And I'll kind of look at that. And then 
the last half of the game, you know, I'll plan to manipulate or things like that. If someone's just going ballistic in one, um, like St. Louis, so you're going ballistic in there, I'm going to plan on how to slow you down or things like that in there, or I'll buy St. Louis cards, just different things like that. Mm. I really like that aspect of it a lot. It does basically shareholding in a really cool way. Uh, it fluctuates greatly, and it just... Yeah, because the two ways you can get shares are either, you know, you can buy some of those cards, especially towards the end, um, and moving up on those tracks. There's two ways you can move up on it, and the amount you score on it with the different coins that are shown, you know, when you move the houses mm-hmm. or whatever, the buildings. I mean, so that's always fluctuating. So you never know, you know, like a stock market, you don't know where you're at all the time, and that can change. Yeah. Um, you know, but like, you know, Ryan, like you said, like, that's the last few plays of this game like i've gotten better at you know understanding how it should be played you know, like you said where the that starting setup with the four very different companies what those special actions that you can do are like has such a huge impact on you know how you want to approach the at least the start of that game you know where you want to move up on like i said like you know pick one maybe two that you want to move up on so you can do those special actions so that that's something you can always, always do then, um, to you know, promote your strategy that you're going for. Mm-hmm. I like the worker placement in it a lot. It gives you feel like you never have enough of those worker pawns. Um, it's for me, it's yeah. always really tough and tense decisions. Like, man, I really need that specific spot, or I want to get four or five of those spots, but I I don't have enough. So you got to yeah. really prioritize. Okay, I want that one, but is that something that Tim is probably going to grab? So I want to grab that first, or just that kind of thing. And the fact where, like, the I really like the part where the the max, like, I want to get the max hat, yep. um, or max nanas. Um, but so you got to decide, like, it, but if you don't take that, because you know, it's always interesting when there's a tie with that because ties are friendly. So if you have four bananas and someone else has four bananas, you're going first. So you could take that maximum one right away. But there's this other thing you want to do. So I love that. And then once you use your bananas to say buy a card, then you don't have max bananas anymore. So it, you know, so there's a lot of tough decisions, tense decisions to make. Which, you know, I love that part of the game, you know, as well, because that's it makes you really once you know, because you don't know what you have your plan. This is what I want to do. But then those cards get flipped, and you got to look at everybody else's to see, see what it. everyone else has. And okay, they might I got to prioritize actions. now. Which of these actions do I need to take, yep. and which ones not to? So, yeah, I do think some cons. Uh, the bookkeeping is divisive. Obviously, Tim, for you, it's a miss, and for me, it's a hit. Um, Big miss. It's my biggest. It's my favorite thing to do in board games is managing and strategizing for that bookkeeping there's so many variables and so much thinking going on with it and when i pull it off it's it just feels awesome i know the one two-player game we had michael a couple yeah, games so ago i with the bookkeeping I, I never hated it the the bookkeeping but i it was never like i was able to like all right i'm gonna get to the and move like four or five spots where you get to that open open a new card so you can play mm-hmm. a fourth card um so i've done that quite a few bunch of times um but you know, just that very recent play we had where I was able to, like, I was like, all right, kind of worked out where the, the track I was going on, like, I'm going to go for it this time because there was that one track where you could get two bookkeeping points. Yeah. So I moved up on that right away, or the, the diamonds weren't with that one too. I'm like, all right, so I'm going to go for it this time. And the, the whole game, I, you know, kept thinking of like, all right, 
first I want to get to that four or five spots where I open that card up, extra card slot up. And then, you know, and that even before I got to that, because I didn't quite have that bookkeeper back yet, I was like, all right, so I put out a bunch of books from basically my second move along that. And like, it, it's tough with that bookkeeping. It's, it's the first time I got through and it felt so good once I actually did it. But like, it's tough because you need to combo, you know, the right books. You need to get the right ones into your mm-hmm. spot. You need to plan like, all right, so I'm going to have plan to have, I can have some movement um, with the explore tokens and say cotton. So I got I can get a bunch of cotton. So I want to try to get the bookkeeping things, the, the actual books that kind of support that. But that's tough to do. You got to yeah. get a lot of bookkeeping points to buy those correct ones. You got to put them in the right order so that you can move. You're moving, you know, eight, ten different spots on some of those. Um, and then you got to be able to, like, get your cards back. And, prob- you know, probably is going to be the last turn of the game, maybe second to last, where you get those right cards and you have to do so much planning. It's so much that you have to put together. And I had to play it nine, ten times before I was able to get to the top of that track. And I actually yeah. thought I was going to be one spot short, which isn't which I was like fine with but then it worked out where I was able to get that last spot that was kind of filled. lucky to get that last one spot last one filled so that I was just fortunate there but yeah it definitely puts the bookkeeping puts more of an emphasis on planning out those discard that card play it puts yeah. even more you like, can't just plan that turn in one turn strategy you have to plan into three, that four turns ahead yeah. I like the diamonds, you know, those those are much more straightforward to do in the bookkeeping, so that's something that someone can go for. I like that it has that part to it so that at least there's something for new players to play. It's going to be more fun, well, one, if you like the bookkeeping track, but also if you can actually move up on it. But, like, you've got things that you can do those first two, three, eight plays that you can, you know, diamonds, it's much more straightforward and... Like, all right, I got to get this diamond card and play the diamond card. That's going to help me move up on it. I think so. it's it's one of those games, too, where actually taking the worker placement spot for turn order to go first is actually really important. A lot of games is just kind of like a throwaway spot where yeah, this it's really good not. to be able to go first because you get first choice of a card for a share or another worker yeah. play. Because, you know, you have, you know, when you, like we were talking about when flipping those cards up, like, all right, am I going to go for this or not? Like, it's so it's it's definitely easier when you're first and you can pick first about which of those things you're gonna do versus, oh, I'm last, so I really need to do these things and I might not be able to. Mm-hmm. Um, so player order is very important in this game. Like a couple more cons that could be for some people. It's initially, especially, it's hard to grasp how the shares and company values work and can change yep. and fluctuate, especially in your early plays. So I know that's something you don't like about it tim as well um for some people i think planning the card your card actions and managing your discard piles could be more puzzly and thinky that you might want in the game that could be something that it's just like realizing how many turns it's going to take to get those cards back like all right i'm going to focus on this one pile and it's going to be three turns before i you could take them earlier but to be more efficient like you've got to wait several turns and that can be I know it took me a few, the first few plays of that, like, oh, I thought I was going to have this card back by now. Now I don't. Now I got to change, completely change what I was going to do just because you mess up. So it, there's a big learning curve yeah. with those cards and with the bookkeeping. The, the company tracks with the shares 
I really enjoy that and the bonuses that you get and those can really drive your strategy, you know, which bonus or ability you're going for. I always like moving up those up those tracks for special special things. So you and your tracks. Yep. Uh that's really all I have. Tim, you got any more negatives you want to talk about? <laughs> uh just the ones I touched on and they're Okay. Significant. Yeah, it's just it's it's just funny because like, well, the one is obviously my favorite thing, yeah, and then the other, your other stand. negative is like awesome too for me. <laughs> yeah, one thing I really like about this is the replayability with those. We have you know the four different companies that have very very different special abilities. So and they're both you know two sided. So there's so many different combinations and like the A. One could be with Mombasa instead of Cape Town. It's completely random which side and which which company it's going to go with, to. which four yeah. out there. So like that's like these are things that are, like, are really cool, but that like helps me a lot with the game because each play feels a lot different. Like you can do different things um, when you go out there. So I really like that that part of it and you know those tracks. Yep, it's it's always fun to go up on those. So do you want to start high or low on the ratings? It's up to you because I know you're high. <laughs> Let's start high for this okay. one. So I'll go first. It's it's nine and a half, ten. I really don't. I don't know. It's it's right in that you wheelhouse. Nine point seven three. Do you think or? So I I want to say after my last few plays, it's a ten because before that, I would win by too much. But, like, the last time I played, I beat Johnny by, like, three coins. I barely beat Michael. It was, like, a couple, two to five. It was super, super close. So that, I think, bumped it from a nine and a half to a ten. It's right in that range. It just depends. I don't like this game because I'm too good at it. Yeah, just, I, I like that. <laughs> I, I know what you're saying, though. Because I think there's just certain things that I picked up. I mean, I've played it a lot, obviously. I picked up on those things faster than newer players with like the, the shares yeah. fluctuating and pick up on faster or not, because you've played more yeah like all right so you're playing you've played with me you played with the whole group you played with it's sarah and that's so like mm-hmm. well you've you're at 10 games well before any of us have so like we're still behind yeah. on you know because it yeah you know, like i said i think the i think it was my ninth play that i finally moved <laughs> further than you know six seven places on the bookkeeping track you know so it took me that long to to really get that, you know, get that down where I could, you know, put it into part of my strategy. So this game has moved up for me with that last, you know, the last couple plays. Yeah. So for me, there's really no, and I listed some cons. There's no cons that I actually have about this game at all. I feel like I would enjoy just writing or talking with people about bookkeeping a strategy article or something with the bookkeeping track. It's a very unique Euro game in so many ways with the bookkeeping, with the, the card actions and the card discard piles and then the how the sharers work on the map. There's so many things that are unique, interactive for a Euro game that are just awesome to me. So anyways, yeah, nine and a half, ten for me. All right, so then I'll go to next on the list here because I think my rating is probably going to be higher than Tim's. So like I said, this recently you know, it moved up a little bit for me these last few plays just... You know, it still has some some negatives because it takes it takes a while to get good at the game. You know, definitely a, a 
pretty decent learning curve on it. But you know, I still really like the game. Very unique. You know, a lot of things that are very unique about it, a lot of things I like quite a bit on it. I think if maybe the theme was different, it might help me a little bit too. But you know, still, it's a it's a very solid game. Always enjoy. You know, you know, always enjoy when I play that. Um, and I'm gonna give it an eight point five. So wow, that low. It, it, the surprise yeah, was that well, high for him. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> It wasn't before, so it has moved up recently. But okay. okay. So, yeah, I our last play. It's not like I hate the game. You know, don't yep. don't think that I just absolutely will not so play it. One one point one because one point two. If you know, if someone brings it out, sure, I'll play it. I can ignore the bookkeeping track and just do the diamond track and I can enjoy the card play of it. But then I think to myself, well, I would just much rather play blackout Hong Kong because it still gives me that feel of the card card, play. Yeah. So I would just prefer to play that any day over this. So I guess the, the best analogy that I have for this is Let's say if we're going to order pizza, but Michael wants pizza with pineapple on it and anchovies. That doesn't so that's, sound like me at all. That's the <laughs> on one pizza. The, that's the pineapple. You know, the pineapple's the bookkeeping track. Okay. I, I don't want that on my pizza. And then the anchovies are the area control where the stocks are going back and forth. Again, I don't want that. All I want is just the pizza. I just want a cheese pizza. With the discard pile, with the card play, so you want and the, that stuff. Say the the Canadian bacon on it. That's what you want, but you've got these other things, on right? It that okay. There's extra. Michael, st- fix your analogy for there's you. Extra, <laughs> there's extra stuff on this pizza that I don't want, and that's how I feel about this game. There's extra stuff there. Yes, I could ignore it, but why should I have to when I could just play a better game? You don't have to yeah. ignore it. You just get better at it. So I know Michael said he it took him like nine plays to figure out before he started I'm enjoying dumb, though, it. So that's but it's not gonna take everyone that long. To me, it's not worth <laughs> it took putting me that. Probably three. Yeah, yeah but yeah. but again, it's like <laughs> I don't want to keep working at something I don't enjoy. Yeah, yeah that's the thing. Like, if you don't to enjoy do. some of those things, I understand that. Right, and that's I, where I'm coming yeah, from. Is I don't I, I enjoyed those things enough or even though i wasn't good at it like i can still enjoy the game and i like these other aspects enough and i'll keep working on until i actually because a lot of times like it took me song part partly because several games i would just totally ignore it or give up very quickly on it you know once i was like all right i'm gonna really try to do this i think i understand it well enough now um that i'm really gonna go for it so if i put my mind to it i could have figured it out sooner than that but i just chose not to yeah i think that bookkeeping tim mixed with uh that map interaction that you don't like at all are two giant yeah negatives for you right and, and i guess not I, liking those things you know the, yeah. the stock track i get those you know with you know, going up and down like that so it's not a game for everyone i don't think no. right um by any means so that's why i I kind of said, you know, blackout Hong Kong for me, it kind of, it kills this game. Not that I was big on this game to begin with, but mm. I would just much rather play that because it has that. The one, the one part you, you like about yep, it. Yep. 
And so, I'm kind of lucky where everyone in the group does, besides you, likes this game. Yeah, I am really grateful for your wife and Michael because you can play it outside of the group. And with Marv and Aaron. You don't have to and, suffer through it. And you it. can have fun with them. And, and I don't have to... Johnny, Johnny picks it quite a bit too. You can courageously sit out when it's picked. <laughs> well, I don't... It's not like I dislike it that much where I'm going to say, nope, I'll sit out instead of playing it. It's not as bad but as if there's another option Aliens in outer space then? For you. Yeah. Yeah. But if there's another option, you're going to If there's go another, with another option, option, I'm probably yeah. going to go with the other <laughs> option. if it's going up but... against Hansa? <sighs> yeah, I'll pick Mombasa over. What about equal length of Aaron's Abstracts? It's a tough one. And you play so many games. Uh, hive, <laughs> a bunch of Hive. And, no Shobu, just the ones you don't like. Just the ones I don't well, like. Well, you don't like Mombasa. I'm not going to let you play a game you like against a game you don't like. The one. So <laughs> it's Mombasa or all the abstracts, or is it Hansa and all the abstracts? Mombasa and the abstracts. Oh, Mombasa then. Hansa, I think, is your least favorite oh, game yeah. pretty much. Yeah, I would go Mombasa That then. gets played. Okay. But if it was the... Two hours of abstracts against like two hours of Hansa. It's like uh, it's two games of Hansa. Nice. That's no way. Am I doing that? <laughs> I'm I'm going abstracts. It's a lot coming from you. So what do you give this two? No, I'd put it like a five point five, maybe a six, depending. That high. On okay. Yeah, oh, so I, I was thinking like a two. And the thing is that the the card play boosts it up enough where I can enjoy doing that part of it, and I can. The diamond track's not as exciting, but I can still enjoy doing that and at least feel competitive. At least you're doing something. Yeah, I'm at least Johnny doing something. Johnny goes nuts about the diamonds. Yeah, he does. <laughs> so there's still enough going on that I can have, I can enjoy myself just doing my own thing. And just, just not much. Just, <laughs> just not enjoying, you know, just ignoring the other parts of the game. So... I like half the game, so maybe that's why I put it at like a 5.5 because it's like okay. I enjoy half the game and then the other half I don't like, so. All right, fair enough. That's where I am. You guys ready to start talking about some of the top 250 games on Board Game Geek? Sure am. Are we going through all 250 today? I don't think so. Nope. That we'll go like through okay. 25 at a time. We'll hit uh, 250 through 226. So All right. how are we planning on doing this? So I see in the Google Docs you have that you have the top 250 from 8-9-2019. So the so date, we're going from what the top 250 were on August 9th. Okay. And we're just leaving it set at that because if we go, it's going to fluctuate. Yeah. It probably already like, changed 50 games. It did. And I do so. have the current... Top two fifty. So after we go through all, we're just going to ignore. I won't even talk about. You don't even want to talk about that fluctuating. It's going to be too much about because then the next time we talk, a different game is going to move up. Don't even. Well, I'm not just the block that we're talking about. I might mention that hey, this new game is there now. Nope. Okay, I'll just exit my work that I was doing. (laughs) That's lame. (laughs) And that's gone. We're already going through two hundred (laughs) fifty games. Don't confuse that like, oh, this jumped up to number 249 and that moved down. The one we talked about at 250 is now. I thought it might be kind of interesting, but I guess I'm the only one. Yeah. Yep. 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 What, we should say that for the the like the last, nope. the last one. The nope, like it's gone. 25. It's gone now. I deleted it. <laughs> we could say that for the last one game. The last one. Nope. Yep. 
No, it's it's either done or nothing. All right, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't play with my toy. No one can. That's right. Exactly. So Tim, what's number two fifty? Oh, I got to read two fifty. Number two fifty is in the year of the dragon. That is designed by Stefan Feld. Yes. And published by Aaliyah, I believe. I'm not 100% sure on that. Yeah, so this game... I, 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 I did have it open, but I closed it out. and You got mad about me and Michael saying no to that, so you just... <laughs> <laughs> well, I think maybe here, like, I'll just kind of go into how I... What I did was I... A lot of these games, I may have heard the name. Most of them I haven't even... I have zero about. So I you know, just watched a few videos on each of them. And it's kind of got my thoughts. So that's kind of what I did. Um, you went way over. Well, otherwise, I'd be just like, oh, I've never heard of this. Because <laughs> you guys are familiar with a lot more of them. I'd be like, I've played five. I've heard of two others. And the other 18, <laughs> I've never even heard of. I've known nothing about. So I'd, yeah. I did some research on every one of them. Um, okay. But this one, yeah, it's a Feld game. And actually, hadn't played a Feld game until, right, was it Trajan? Yep. Um, but I've played a couple of them now and actually just got another Feld game. But um, yeah, so this one, from what I can tell, it seems like it's a it's a very punishing game. Like you're basically, yeah, the whole game is basically you're trying to stop bad things from happening to you. Tim's already shaking in his britches. The yeah. good thing, though, <laughs> the good thing about it, like that would be a thing I wouldn't necessarily like, but it's something where you see it's set up at the beginning of the game, you know exactly what the bad things are and when they're happening. So they're not surprises. Yeah, so they're that, happening to everybody. It's not like it's just targeting. Yep. It's happening to everyone. You know in the fourth round, this thing is going to happen, yep. so you have to plan ahead and to if, do that. And if you went nuts not planning for that, it's your own fault when you get... Yeah. I would... Yeah, and hmm. like with that, like I would not be interested at all if it was something where it's random bad things happening to you all the time. If... If that's all the game is and it's just random bad things, I would not like. You know, I would not have any interest in playing it. Um, but because you know, like I can handle a few bad events, but it's just bad events. Like, uh, yeah, Tim, you'll be interested. This moved up to actually number two forty nine. I'm, I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> but uh, I know it did. I think I saw someone post on Board Game Geek. It was kind of funny. This is the one game that comes actually with a hand that when you open the game a hand comes out of the box and slaps you in the face <laughs> that should definitely be that doesn't sound fun in here it, it this really it sounds interesting to me i'm not sure if it would be my cup of tea or not but it's one i would really like to play because i think it's something that could miss but i think this could be very enjoyable and a unique yeah, a cool potential it's one where yeah it wasn't one like i know i'll like this game but i could really like it i might like it might feel yeah, and different like, and fresh from other what? stuff too. Getting because... slapped in the face this many times, no thanks. Yeah. It's not for me. But so this could be very hit or miss. Yeah. Even after looking into it, it's one I would still try, but I'm not gonna seek it out. Yeah. Because you see those bad things coming, you know, it might save it for you, but maybe some of that that could be frustrating though. I mean, I don't know. Anyways. All right, so 249. What? Is, uh, no, nothing. I don't know if you're going to hit number 249 or not. Michael's got it. I got it. Oh, 249 is he's, Blood, he's got your Blood Bowl, uh, the living rule book. I think there are different versions. I, I didn't look too much into the other things out there. but I think they're all fairly the same. I think they just kind of uh, 
touch up rules and kind of tidy things up, you know. Okay. Yeah, kind of a Marathrash. Yep, kind of a miniatures tabletop game. Um, I don't know a ton about kind it. Kind of football rugby-ish. Yeah, yeah. It, with a fantasy theme. You can kind of yeah. build your fantasy team up and feel them and kind of go nuts. And, and then you can, kind of, you can score points by getting the ball into the, I don't know if it's called an end zone or whatever it's called in this game, or knocking people out of the game or knocking them down or things like that. Yeah, so like some of the, like the, mechanics of it kind of looked a little interesting with you know the how you move and like can kind of block or tackle people like but those aren't my favorite types of games and uh for me it was like i'd play it some of it kind of seemed a little interesting i'm certainly not going to seek it out though i think out of the three of us i would probably be the one to seek it out before seems more of your alley like if you like if you got you know like you know what i'm kind of interested in that like right out i'd happily play it yeah yeah i've heard yeah there's a it's very it can be very very random and just some games you just and there's dice bet. rolling and stuff so it seems like yeah oh. it seemed a little fiddly with the like you can throw a pass and like how far it is like there's a little plastic thing that you bring out that seemed a little yeah and i know people have bad, uh blood bowl leagues and all that stuff so that's <laughs> cool. yeah so people get, really get into it so uh, number two forty-eight. So I, yeah, I haven't played either of those first two games. Nope. Didn't mention that, but and this is one I have not played either. That is Clash of Cultures. This is a civilization-style game. Um, it looks like like a medium, like a lighter end of those typical games. Still heavy enough, but lighter than some of those, like say, Through the Ages or Nations or Civ, the board game by Fantasy Flight. Like I like the civilization, and obviously love Through the Ages. So like it was one that. When I was first looking into it, I was like, oh, that seems a little interesting. Like, you know, there's a tech board and stuff. Um, but as I, you know, kind of was looking more into it, like it seemed a little too much, you know, kind of war gamey, the area control feel to it, you know, a lot of dice and that. So, you know, again, it was, eh, I'd play it, but I'm not going to, again, another one I'm not going to seek out. Um at least for me. Yeah, I'd have, think? I'd have a little more interest playing this than Blood Bowl. I think the interesting thing is like the pieces, like the city pieces actually connect. Oh, There's yeah. like three or four pieces and it kind of slowly builds like your city or the well, city grows. Yeah. There's like three or four pieces that you put one out, put the next piece out and it kind of looks cool in yeah. that sense. Like I, the, the area control of the war part of it was the part that I... I was like, eh, that doesn't seem interesting to me, that aspect of it. Like, I, I like the military in, like, through the ages or something a lot more in that. That, that doesn't take away from my liking of the game. Yeah. Um, versus this, it, it seemed like, eh, I think that would kind of be a, was a turnoff for yeah, me. Yeah, I thought it looked kind of cool. Okay. I'd like to check it out sometime. I'd certainly play it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The tech board looked, looked kind of interesting. Like, if you you got that in front of you and you know, looked at those different options, you know, that I think there's different governments or something like that, so... You know, I'd, and maybe the the war part of it or the area control part of it won't be as bad as I the way I was looking at it. But yeah. well, number two forty seven is Love Letter. So I have played Batman Love Letter. I have not played just yeah, the so original. I was just but, gonna lump that. Yeah, yeah. it's the same, yeah. just different theme. And. I think it's a really good little filler game where we're waiting for somebody to show up. We just sit and deal a card out and just yeah. play through. And you know, technically, you're supposed to play to a certain amount of points, or whatever like that. Like, but you can just 
play as many rounds, you know, as as until someone gets there. That, that's what it's good for. Is like, all right, waiting for someone to show up. It'll be five to twenty minutes. All right, let's bust out. Well, yeah, again, the Batman version, but it's it's basically the same thing. It, yeah, just with you know, so Batman and, themed. And really, you can look at okay, they got a they rethemed it a bunch of times. So what you could yeah. do is okay, some slight variations on some of the cards. I but. like Lord of the Rings better. They got a Lord of the Rings one. You like Batman better? Boom, there you go. You don't yeah. care about the theme as much. You can do the love letter. Yeah. Trying to there's only you know nine different nine different cards. I mean, there's multiple of several of them, most of them, but. Right. You know, see, it's a pretty, it's very simple. The card says what to do right on it, so it's super yep. easy to teach. It's super quick. Yeah, and you're trying to basically it's still fun. Like, survive like, oh, the round. Do? You yeah. don't want to get eliminated right. from the round. And you basically you pick up a card, so you got two choices. Do I to play this one or this one? So it's, it's not like you have a ton of choices. So you're not sitting there forever. It's for what it is. Yeah. It's it's a really fun game. I yeah, I'll, I'll play. Good. I'm good with playing like two or three rounds. Other than that, I'm. I'm like I'm, a starting full, tire, full game, I'm like... starting to tire a love letter quite a bit. Or I'm just kind of like, eh, play something else. I'll play a couple hands. That's really all I want to do anymore. Yeah. So that was the first one. I haven't technically played love letter, but I played the Batman You've version. You've played so it. That's basically yeah. the, 90% there. Next one is Tiny Epic Galaxies. Yep. Now I have not you, played this. Okay, have you have. guys, yeah, this? I have yep. this one. Okay. I've played it a hand uh, by three, four, five times. I, I do like it. I wish the game was a little bit bigger than what it is, like the components in the box, because you have your. It's a, too tiny for you. Yeah, <laughs> that's so my negative too. Is that it? Just it's got this little player board, and the pieces are like too big for the player board so it's super like you bump stuff i don't know it just mm-hmm. felt like it, it could have been double the size and it's still a small game yeah very small the, game the gimmick they're going for yeah. kind of which people you. love this tiny epic series like people just go ballistic for and no, I, I do I, like the gameplay i just it's kind of like you roll some dice uh and you're basically you can follow people or you can spend stuff to take the same action as them. You're colonizing planets to score points, upgrading stuff to be able to roll more dice, things like that. So the gameplay is fun. I do like it. But the reason I don't pick it or play it more is just it's the game is too small for what it should be, really. If the game was double the size, I'd you know, it's a good But that would ruin the gimmick. I'd say it's a good it would be a good like heavy filler if you want to look at that, you know. It's mm. it's a filler game. Yeah. yeah. So, so I'm yeah. sure you were really disgusted when they came out with ultra tiny. Well, you told me about Epic it. Galaxy. I'm just like, it's already way too small for like the pieces that they have. So instead yeah. of being just the size box it is, they cut it down to basically where it was like a like a 52 card deck box. Okay. And they fit everything in there, so everything's really tiny. Oh, yeah. So what about the like dice? Even, Do you just... Uh, it's all fits in that little box. Does somebody just pick one through six? They don't even roll dice? I have No, there was dice in there, I'm pretty sure. It was just... Maybe the smallest dice, like... They completely shrunk everything. Sounds it awful. Like, like, I'm sure people are going to love like, it, but... Going yeah. heavy for the gimmick, and that they're all in, and like, it was tiny epic everything, and I didn't, I didn't even know there was a ultra tiny yeah. whatever, but like... I'm not into gimmicks in the first first off, and then the fact that it's a gimmick. I hate tiny pieces in games. Like I like it doesn't always have to be like huge pieces or anything, but like a little bit substantial. So like the gimmick itself is something I don't like. So yeah. the it's, gameplay it's seemed hard. like it'd be fine because yeah. it seemed like a, a maybe a little 
simpler roll for the galaxy-esque type game which i like but i'm just not interested even though it's like it's really popular it's a well-known game so that kind of makes you want to at least try it but also yeah it's hard to see sometimes on the your player board but yeah that's uh it's a good game but for me it's too small number 245 is notre dame yeah and this is our second stefan feld Yep. Not our second, but the second. So, yeah. This is yeah, one I'm, I'm actually interested in this. Really? Even despite uh, maybe the components and art isn't up to your snuff? Yeah, I don't know. It's it's just been one that I've always kind of been interested. So, basically, the premise is that you're kind of um, overseeing these different boroughs in the city. And you have to... You're it's trying to... Paris, by the way. Yeah. So, you're trying <laughs> to like bring up your wealth... But also, you can't neglect the borough that you're looking over. So you're also like trying to help the people in that area and kind of like boost it up. And it just seemed kind of cool. I was a little sad when I was first looking into it because it reminded me of the you know the actual cathedral that just had that fire. Mm-hmm. So a little, little sad there. Yeah. But you know, yeah, it's it's a little a little lighter than the Feld games like with than Trajan or or the In the Year of the Dragon that I kind of looked at. So it seems a little bit of a lighter game than that, but. Still was definitely interesting. Like just a little simpler version of feels very Feldish still where there's your kind of point salad type yeah. stuff. Yeah. Again. Yeah, it looks like a cool little uh engine builder that I'd like to try yeah. out. Yeah. Yep. That's this definitely is on my list of like to try ones. So number two forty four is claustrophobia. This is another one that I've been interested in trying in quite a while. So it's a, it's like a dungeon crawl. One player controls like the monsters in this cavern system. It's a two-player only game. Yep, it is two-player only. And then the other player plays the heroes that are fighting their way through and they're trying to fend off these monsters and kind of stuff like that. So it's been one since we kind of got into the hobby. It's one I've always kind of had my eye on. I've just never jumped into it and tried it out or played it, so... But one I'm uh, interested in trying. Yeah, Ryan, you should play that with him. I think it, it, Dungeon Crawls and Miniatures, like I can, I can like some of them, but like it's not the kind of kind of game I'm really yeah. interested in. And this one, like, it, there's nothing in there that like, oh well, that would be kind of cool. So I'll give this one a try. Like there are some like, well, this part of it I kind of like. So yeah, this is one I'll give a shot because mm-hmm. I like playing Dungeon Crawls every once in a while. There's nothing jumped out at me that like I thought, oh yeah, yeah. So, Ryan, you, you can play with Tim on yeah, this Yeah, I'd one. play with it, Tim, if you bought it. <laughs> For me, the problem I have is I want to play more Summoner Wars, more Battle Lore, more Dice Masters, like more of that stuff I already have that I'm pretty sure I would enjoy more than this anyway. So it's like, meh. Yeah, so I don't get so... to play those as much as I'd like to or at all to begin with. Right. So yeah, I get that. That type of thing. But... All right, next we got here is it number 243. That's Endeavor. Now, this is the old, because there's a new Endeavor Age of Sail, right? Yeah, there's a new one. This was probably, I don't know, was it? 2009. Okay. I was going to say, you know, maybe 10 years ago, but spot on. I was in the ballpark. <laughs> now, is that like a, like a second edition type thing where they changed a few things, do you know? or? Um. Yeah, I think they, they change it a little bit because uh, there's like some shipping things. So they've made some change. I didn't look too much into the, the new game. Okay. So I don't know a whole lot. But basically, it's a kind of a 
kind of a simple game. There's different tracks, which yeah, yep. you know that, that that got me interested right away. So that that looked interesting. The there's shipping, you're finding new lands and stuff. That part of it, I'm not sure exactly what I'm going to think about that. But the tracks look that looked pretty cool. It is the theme of it, like it's a kind of shipping and boats and that. But you know, there's you know some slavery stuff involved with it. So um, you know, kind of the little uh, darker theme yeah. part of it. I don't think another one that you know is going to be that. W- how it looks like the the game works it i don't think it would stop me from playing you know how it's you know how they do it but. yeah yeah it looks like kind of like a uh lighter medium euro type game look you know pretty solid like solid euro game though so yeah yeah when i'd i wouldn't mind checking out i'd i'd want to look into that new version to see you know the, what i you know does the old game look better or the new one because i didn't look into the new one enough yeah i don't know if you ryan if you looked into i that haven't much. looked into the new one okay. i knew it like came out i just didn't know yeah what it was compared to the old one and all that stuff okay. yeah i don't really know much about this game i mean other than what we've been talking about but i'll try it but it doesn't look like one that i would seek out really mm-hmm. i don't know so the next one we got is number 242, The Quest for El Dorado. I think this is a Reiner Knizia game, and I believe it is deck building, right? I think you play your cards to kind of move Yeah, it's like a, across the map. A deck building racing. Yeah. Game. yeah there's yep. this map out there. Yeah, it's a pretty fairly simple. Yeah, um, this, this is yeah. one that actually, while I know it's lighter, but I, I like a lot of the Knizia games. And I think uh, I would like to try this one. You know, I'd give this one a shot. I don't think I'd love it or anything, but it's something I would definitely like to try out. Yeah, it seemed like one like that could be a good you know family type game. Like, all right, someone's interesting. You know, yeah. for someone like you're getting into gaming too, where they're like they like you know maybe racing games. So this is a racing game, but it also it brings that deck building into it. Mm-hmm. You know, to see if maybe someone you know that was interesting to him like. There's, it seems like oh you're just racing you just kind of go wherever but it is one where the because of the setup of the board you're kind of going through a jungle in that yeah they're like, kind of like expedition points and like thing. so it's you actually do have to do some planning about where you go and i think different cards move on different spots like there's some ones that move on woods and yeah i forget all about that but yeah, it did seem for a you know kind of a lighter type game one I would definitely be interested in yeah, I think trying. This should be next Aaron's next light game pickup. I would agree. It looks yeah. good. I get on that, Aaron. Yeah, yeah I would. Uh, I agree with Ryan. I think it's one that I would definitely want to try. It seems like a place fast. I mean, on here it says play time thirty to sixty minutes, which take that for what it is. But yeah, those listings are always. But it does. Yeah, yeah it seems like that kind of game. Yep. Yeah, it's not like so light where it's done in five ten minutes. There's more like because those, I think the uh, basically the tracks that you're going on are are long enough, and you're not going to be flying through the through the board in a ten minute game. I did jump up a spot, Tim. Oh, it's uh, two forty one now. Nice. You got to remind me now every time. <laughs> right. So number two forty one is Takinoko, and from this list, apparently Ryan's not very big on it. Because <laughs> you copied from your oh from my from your BGG, so it's got my so ratings on. <laughs> so this one, uh, you're basically a gardener, 
and you're building up uh, different bamboo, and then you're feeding bamboo to the different, or the pandas coming panda. in a different eating bamboo yeah. and stuff. So, so the theme of it, I love that theme because pandas are awesome. <laughs> so when I first looked at it, I was like, oh man, there's pandas, and then the pieces, like those look kind of like cool, yeah, the game cool looks like, awesome. I was like, oh man, yeah, it's beautiful. This, like I was one like, all right, I wanna, I wanna, you know, I probably wanna get this or play this right away. But then got into more of the actual gameplay. Like, correct me if I'm wrong. It seems like it was like you're trying to do all these different things, and what you do will affect someone else. But you don't know whatever. It's all hidden, so like you don't know how you're affecting someone. It seems like you're not sure on what dumb. scoring cards they have in their hand. They basically have objectives. Like this one yeah. tile might need to have four green pieces stacked up on it or they're trying to collect um eat bamboo so they have their pandas eaten certain colors of bamboo or certain tile configurations are out on the map okay. different things like that like to me i think that the fact that what you're trying to do is hidden hurts the game because it, i think it would make more sense if you knew what everybody Someone had was going so you could it. actually use yeah. a strategy or Otherwise, it seemed like this one, like, you're trying to do your thing to do it, but you may you may help someone else, you may hurt someone else, you don't have any idea how you're affecting things. So it's just kind of like, you just happened to, you won because someone helped you accidentally, or you lost because someone accidentally hurt you, they didn't even try to. Yeah. It's like, the strategy doesn't seem like it's there. I think it's a game, uh, it's, I think it's a good family game, and if you're just getting into the hobby, this is a good one. But for me, I'm I'm over it. The, it looks great, you know, the components and the art. Yeah, I the, wish I would have been more interested in that gameplay because it's, it's very pandas light. are the best. They really are. I'm not, I'm not lying. <laughs> I'm not exaggerating. They're the best. It's very light. Um, the one thing that annoys me the most, which is also my annoyance with Ticket to Ride, is near the end of the game, you're basically just drawing objective cards and hoping that you already have them fulfilled to score points. Like, oh, I'm going to draw a couple cards. Oh, I happen to complete that one already for seven <laughs> points. Well, someone else okay. is drawing six cards. and Yeah. So that, that, yeah, it, that just is obnoxious. Okay. That's the same thing with Ticket to Ride for me. It's yeah, like, oh, I'm just drawing stuff. I wasn't aware of that in this game. Hope so that, I uh, fall into stuff I already did, yeah. luckily. Yeah, that's lame. But I had fun playing it. But yeah, it's a, it's a good first into the hobby or like yeah. Tim if you played this like in a couple of years with your boys or something yep. you know it'd be a good family I game. wish this was like the first game I like played the end because like <laughs> like oh pandas. pandas pandas that's awesome so Michael needs right, a panda game else. what is with a you good, and pandas good this pandas. Is pandas weird are, pandas are great you like Panda Express that's... no I know when have we you ever played... watched any of those videos of those like baby pandas and like people taking care of them feeding them and then falling all over the place and hurting themselves kind of like and, marv yeah. <laughs> but they look so cute <laughs> that's true they have the cute that's factor the, yeah. marv imagine marv like super super cute okay. imagine that guys i can't i <laughs> so even playing zularetto that was like your biggest pen was a bunch of pandas <laughs> yeah that's why you liked it well, so you, did, you didn't know about it so you didn't know i was going to be going for those pandas so yeah i know now now but... my strategy is going to be uh <laughs> you caught on <laughs> It's like a weird thing. I just what do we got for two forty yeah. here? <laughs> Moving on for the pandas. Done with my pandas. Okay. Two forty is D Mocker. This is like a really like old from the eighties. Eighty six. Yep. Okay. Yeah, really old game. It's like it's a heavy economic. It's like a a German political like ger different political German election. political parties and basically you have an election. Um, 
and that. So, uh, and apparently a little bit of trivia, you may or may not know this. Uh, it's the first game ever entered into the board game geek website. I saw it cause there they, go. they just had a Kickstarter on this where they I think it's stronghold got the rights to it and they kickstarted it to bring it back. This is the one I'd really, I really want to play this one. That's uh, pretty like a heavier Euro game. One of the earlier ones, uh, German yeah. election. You know, I don't know a lot about that. Yeah. I'd like to learn. Yeah. And they, their elections, you know, it's very different than ours were like, we have two political parties in case you guys didn't know that. Um, but they have, there's a lot of different ones. So they, like, you can, there's coalitions that you can form, but so you basically, there's, I think it's seven, rounds so you know for the elections that are happening and as you do one then another one will get up there but so it's you know it's a really long game sounds like you know so you know probably four hour game or something like that and it looks pretty heavy and there's a lot of steps but it seemed like all the steps like they're easy enough so it wouldn't be super hard to know what to do what you can do it's is kind of the kind of thing there's some dice involved which i'm not sure while i think about that yeah, it's, I'd, I'd definitely like to try this one out. This looks really interesting yeah, to me. Or it's, it's not like a game where you can't do everything you want, but you can like, all right, so instead of worrying about this election so much, I'm going to go over two elections out and Plan. try to focus on those. Yeah. You know, there's different issues that are, you know, local issues that are important in this, in, I don't know, say Frankfurt or whatever their different regions are. Hmm. And there's national issues. So like you can, you're trying to manipulate different things and, yeah. So, Tim, besides having no interest, how do you feel about this? Yeah, I have no interest <laughs> in playing this. It, I'll play it if you get it. and I probably won't get it. But... it. Well, okay. So, if we, if we go to convention and you get it from the library and we play it, basically what I'm saying, if you bring it to me to play it, I'll yeah. play it, but I'm not going to seek it out. It doesn't look good. It doesn't no, it sound doesn't, fun. It doesn't just... look cool. Um it yeah, seems to have like a, thing, like a cult following type thing where the people that they play do. it like it a lot. Yeah. Like and I think it was one of the, like the very one of the ones. first heavy Euros ever. Mm. And yeah, like you said, like people who can get like it to me when I was watching, I was like, oh man, I really like this. I'm wondering if it's going to get out at game day. If we I'll play it, it with you, but I actually, so this is going to be a first here news to everybody. I got one on my first Kickstarter ever. And I actually kickstarted this one. Really? really? It was after, Whoa. like, it was kind of done. <laughs> but, like, it was a late... You <laughs> late pledged it. Yep. So, so you're late waiting pledged to hear, it. like, what we said about it before you told us that you backed That's it. Funny. Yeah. That's funny. Because <laughs> I had figured, Tim, like, it might not be, like, and I don't know that Aaron's going to like this one. Like, I don't know how many people are going to like this in our group. I was like, you know what? I think... I know Ryan. Me, I knew that you would at least Marv be willing and to Sam try. Sam would probably be the most willing to play yeah, this. Yeah, it's like I think I could at least get you to play it. I'm glad you actually were interested in it. Yeah, I actually have. I I when the Kickstarter went on, I, I looked looked into it. I'm like, kind of kind of want this, but the same thing as you. It's like I don't know if anyone's gonna want to play it with Cause, me because I don't cause know I, how I feel. I then about looked it, into it. Says I heard like, oh, there's a Kickstarter, so I looked into that more. And some of the things that I didn't like about. Um, because there's that seven rounds can be like four hours long. Yeah. The the new one it, you can do the seven round, but you can do four rounds, which would be like maybe a first, like two and first and a half game hours, or something. Apparently, type of thing to see. Or even doing four rounds that might be enough. I don't know. Yeah. Um, the other thing is there's no dice either. It got rid of the dice, so oh. like that luck aspect of it. 
You don't like so, dice. Tim, <laughs> that go from a, I don't want to play to, that's the only thing I wanted to play, and now I'm, I'm completely out. <laughs> Even less so. No, again, I... He starts backtracking. Yeah. I was like, you know, I'm really into yeah, it. Yeah, this, this, this game sounds really awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's no, kind of funny how I mentioned the Kickstarter, and then I'm like, I was like oh... <laughs> Weird you should mention that. So you late backed it basically the Kickstarter was over, but yeah, because it was already over. Because this was the first time I'd ever Yeah. When I saw this on the was list, it? it was like Die Macher. What? <laughs> Die Macher. It's a German game. Got it. Um but yeah, I had no idea about it, so I looked and it was like, Oh, that's too late. Like, I don't know how long this extra this late backing is even gonna be. So I was like, ah, I'm just gonna blindly yeah blindly do this, not ask anybody if they'll play it. Because oh, wow. I was definitely still worried about anyone playing it. It's like, eh. I'll try it. All right, I'm in. I'm, I'm in. That's what I'd like to try. How many players? Uh, I want to say three five, three to, f- three to five. Okay, three to five. Three to five. Okay. So it's best at five, but that's all. Uh, 239, Tim, is uh, our first mass market game, Telestrations. Okay. I think it's mass market. It looks mass market. I think it is. Um, I... It's totally don't really, Pictionary. Don't really have any interest in this, so I'll let you guys do the talking. I'm with you. I mean, I'll... <laughs> There's a sand timer. That's always exciting. <laughs> I'm sure I've heard thing. you know, I've heard... Yeah, we, we would, I'd have fun it, with but, it, you know. Yeah. You could, good, like, good party, it's, yeah, party it's game. Telephone Pictionary is what it is, and yeah. you go around. So, like, you one person draws something, the next person you know, writes what they think it is, and then the third person will draw it, and then you keep going around, you know, say you got six people, you keep going around like that. Like, I think it would really suck and wouldn't be any fun if you did it with people who are good at art. Okay, so because they just it'd be draw, fun because we all draw suck, it, so. and, oh, that's what it is, and it'd be easy, and yeah. fortunately, I'm terrible at yeah. art, so if I did play it, eh, I'd probably like it a little bit, but zero interest in playing it. It might have pandas, too. You could draw panda. Just draw panda. <laughs> yeah, that's my new thing now. All right. Yeah. No. Yeah. So play that. Two thirty-eight is a Naroshima Hex, three So this one's like a post-apocalyptic area control style game. Yeah, it's kind of area control. It's like hexes basically. Yeah. yeah. This gridded map. Uh, I've played the app. Oh, have you? Yeah. Did you like playing the app? It's basically a battle game, right? Yeah, you're basically you're putting out a tile, and that tile has abilities based on where it is. Um, I didn't really like it. Mm. Uh, I think I don't remember if the app did not have a tutorial or it just wasn't a very good tutorial. So I had no idea what's going on. I'm just oh, really? kind of putting tiles out there. I don't know what the effects are of them really. I got it a little bit after playing it a few times, but bleh. even when he got it, wasn't uh... didn't really care for it. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, it it can be one. very uh, punishing. I know that if you put the wrong tile in the wrong spot and you just kind of screw yourself. Yeah, it wasn't one that I was had any interest in playing. So yeah, so it's a app I'm glad that you was, don't like it. It's an app that was free <laughs> that I don't really I uninstalled. Really? Yep. I'd like to try it because I like the theme and there's no theme at all. In the actual, I like the. <laughs> He's just gonna go that theme. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's literally an abst- It's an abstract game. Oh, okay, well, you talked me out of it. <laughs> it, it Ryan got a little worried 100%. that he. No, get a, it's... get a little worried that he was gonna like want to play it and pick it up. He's like, it's abstract. It's a hundred percent abstract. <laughs> I it just has some art on it. I wasn't that's, that's looking. A good way to trick him into not playing a game, just telling <laughs> it's abstract, even <laughs> if it's not. <laughs> I wasn't looking at like. 
picking it up or anything like that. But yeah. it was like oh, it's a free you know. app. You can try out. Yeah. Maybe I'll try it. That I don't recommend. Yeah, I think you you talked me right out of it. <laughs> All right, what do we got next? Uh, I believe it's Aeon's End War External. This jumped six spots. <laughs> <laughs> I love so how you tell me absolutely do not talk about that. <laughs> well, you edit all that out because I'm gonna leave it in now. Yeah, leave it in. I think, right. it, I think it has to be in. So it went from 236 to th- 230. Wow, 237. <laughs> yep, 237. Yeah. All right. So this is, uh, I believe, it's a cooperative deck builder. Yep. Is that right? And what is this? Is this an expansion? Is this it a it's a standalone game. So there's Aeon's end, and then this is like came out a couple of years ago. This is a the same system, you know, the same type of thing. Campaign game, I believe, as well. Um, okay. I would like to play this with Gaming Yeti. Maybe if he comes to Origins next year, I'd play a couple games with him. This is a deck builder that I actually have interest in because it actually it looks better to me than most of your typical mm-hmm. just straight deck building. What was interesting to me was the the like the how the deck like there's no actual shuffling. So I think it's based on how you discard. You basically just flip them over and start using them. So you can actually plan okay. what's going to be so in your deck, I think. Okay. somewhat similar to how City of Iron did it then is what Ant. Because City know. of Iron, you discard it <laughs> however you want, and then you basically flip it over. So you have control over yeah, so that not just I'd randomly. Because like, that's one of the things with deck builders that, like, if it's a, just a deck builder game, I like deck building that is a part of a game, but, like, it's just a deck build. That's one of the things I don't like. It's oh, it's like well, you shuffle these up. Did you happen? Like I understand you can, you can play so you have better odds of getting t- cards together. But the random part to it, like, is something I don't like. So to have a you know that control over it, where you can kind of impact your art, get those cards together, and it's something you actually plan to do. Like that was interesting to me. I did look into like this version versus the old one. Like the art is very different. It's all way better the art is so much better for me in this edition than and the you original. could play the games Looking and mix them together but i think that would be a little jarring like with <laughs> here we got some shitty art and here's some good art and then it's yeah just, they're mismatched in your deck and it's like i wouldn't want to play them together yeah tim it looks good i want to try it definitely try it with me and the yeti yep origins wow 2020 let me play well you come to origins this year you're in <laughs> Right. Next year. Sounds good. <laughs> uh, 236, we have a choir. This is by Sid Saxon, and this is from 1964. So this Whoa. has been a hit for Super. a long time. Um, yeah, I, I really like to try this one out. You know, it's one of those first hobby-style games, I guess you could say. Um, it's like a little a lighter stock market investing type game. Yeah, like you have this grid um, that you're placing... Was it shares or companies? What was it? I think I think it's business. I think it's companies. Yeah, businesses, businesses. that you're. And you're basically kind of they grow with the tile all. placement. Yeah, and you're basically trying to like the when they, based on where you put those out, you know when they connect up, one of them's going to take over the other. Yeah, they merge, and then you get yeah. like bonuses. Not exactly yeah, sure, so. but yeah, I, I didn't have like it all totally down when I was looking at it, but you know it seemed interesting, like especially for a game like. You think of it, 1964, like you say, one of the first hobby games, like that alone, like makes me kind of want to play it for that reason. Like, I don't know if I'd love the game. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, one of the first Euros in that. And definitely. I know there's, a, I think there's a bunch of different versions of it too. Yeah. And stuff. So I, I don't know what's. I'm going to chalk this up ones. as another, I don't really want to try it. All right. 
It just doesn't sound interesting. Or no, Michael, did you recently kickstart this? Then I did not. Tim actually, want to okay. <laughs> nope. I um, mean, again, if somebody brought it to me and wanted to play it, sure, I'll try it. But I'm not going to seek it out. I'd be a little more enthusiastic about playing that you would, but again, not one I'm. I'm gonna yeah, I think my main excitement is be this is kind of maybe what started spawning hobby board games. And yeah, just people the still, historical. People still do say it. it's a really fun game. Like yeah. one of their, some people say it's like one of their favorite lighter stock market investing yeah. type I'd, games. I'd like to try it, but I'm not going to go out of my way to try it. Tim, why don't you hit me with two thirty-five? Well, Ryan, two thirty-five is Glass Road, as designed by Uwe Rosenberg. That'd be correct. I this don't like know much range. about this. It could Looks take like twenty minutes or take four times that long. <laughs> it's like your glass makers. Yep, in the barbarian forest. Yeah, you have like a resource board. Rondell resource yeah, Rondell. Rondell. Yeah, hmm. like that looked interesting. It looked very mm-hmm. different because there's like, was it like there's four different resources to the right of it, and then you have one resource to the left. Like very interesting how it moved too. Yeah, the main. The reason I would want to try this game is because of that like resource rondel thing or whatever you want to call it. I'd want to try it for that. And you know, I like a feast for Odin. I know this is like a medium weight, lighter medium weight game, but yeah. Patrick was okay for two players. Um, I like feast for Odin, so I'd, I'd like to try this out. Yeah, yeah. That resource, but seems very interesting. Like to move up in the glass, you or you know, with a special clay thing or whatever you can do. Like you have to interesting how you'd have to like all right so once you move up on that it also at the same time because you're turning the dials it moves you down on these other resources so like you got to do some thinking because it seems like it'd be easy thing to like oh i need to move up on this clay thing but oh i didn't realize this moved down my whatever i don't know what yeah you know what the other resources are for it but wood glass other things like that okay yeah so yeah it seemed interesting um i don't know if i'd love it but i'd be willing to give that one a shot yeah, definitely. I'd like to try this sometime. Also, we mentioned Feast for Odin. I'd like to try that. There's no pandas. Tim. Yeah, there's no pandas. Oh, well, never mind. I thought Feast for Odin was all about pandas. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Okay, what do you got, Michael? Uh, number 234 is a game that I own. It's Century Spice Road. So, obviously, we've all, all played this, I believe. Yep, yep and so. I... Kind of talked about it recently because I played the Gollum edition. You did talk is, about it recently. Yeah. Yep. So, so yeah, yeah, it's a game that I, I had a good. About it. <laughs> well, I talked about the Gollum edition, not the. Okay. That's why I yeah. meant kind of. Yeah. So solid game. I I enjoy it. Like the whole trilogy, like all those games. So yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's a good one. You know, it's this Splendor, same type of thing. Little quick light, little engine builder, good intro game. Solid. Two thirty-three. What do we got for that? Is Tikal. Um, I'd it's really a older too. Isn't yeah, it? this is ninety-nine. I'd really like to play this one. This is uh, the action points. You get a bunch of action points each turn, and you carry out those action points. For an older game, it looks really cool. Yeah, it's a I game like the, by um, Michael Kiesling, who I, and I like some Kiesling stuff and Kramer. And Kramer, yep, yep. Um, Euro Euro game, yep. obviously. Then so like the box art i like the theme i like the look of the tiles and all yeah, that stuff definitely so this is something i'd really really like to yeah, play it's a sometime. Tile placement exploration which i don't always like you know exploration type games but like i, I do like the how it looks really cool 
and like how those the tiles getting placed out for exploit. I like that kind of exploration more than some other kinds. But yeah, yeah I'm very intrigued by by this game. I think there's a like there's a more recent version. Well, I think there is, and I know this also is part of the Mass trilogy. Basically, they all have similar-ish themes. There's Tikal, Java, and Mexica. They all basically have funky-looking masks on the front, and they all use okay. action point allowance systems and things like okay. that. So, I, but this I think is the most popular of the three, at least on Board Game Geek. I'd really like to try this one out. Yeah, I'm. I would definitely play that. Yeah, I would agree for sure. Oh, got some agreement actually. Yeah, I know it's rare. I haven't had much of that. So. 232 is Evolution Climate. This is a game that Michael did own and Aaron now owns. Yep. Yes. So we it played Evolution yep. several times, and but the person that owns it, we see once a year. So <laughs> we played Climate at, I think it was Origins last year, and then yep. I was like, oh, I, I like what this added to it, so you know what? I'd like to play Evolution again, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to unless someone else gets yeah. it. So I got a copy of it. And it, it and after I bought it, I was like, well, it's not like I want to play Evolution all the time. And then so Aaron ended up buying it, not knowing that I had it. So he kind of pushed me out. Like he knew. <laughs> Did he? Nah. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. It was, so I ended up selling it because we don't need two copies. I don't want to play it that much. Like you didn't like I, it. This that is a much? game where I could play it once a year. I want to play it, but like I don't need to be playing this mm-hmm. every couple months even. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's it's a, a decent solid game. game. Yeah, we've talked but, about it. Yeah, I think yeah, I've liked it more the first couple times, and it's gone down a little bit. Yeah, I would agree. Definitely. Yeah. But the you know, as far as that versus evolution, I like what climate adds to it. Adds a little more to it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd I'd rather play that than base evolution. Yeah. Uh, Two thirty one is a game that you own, Tim. That is Cthulhu Wars. Yeah. Yeah. Let's tell us a little bit about this one. Uh, Cthulhu Wars, basically you are playing different factions and you're trying to corrupt the world, so to speak. So you're playing different Lovecraftian gods and they're... Playing old ones? Yeah, you're playing kind of the old ones. Um, So you're using your cultists, kind of moving around the board and controlling gates. And then uh, the biggest thing, the thing that I like about this as well as Chaos in the Old World is that you use your power... So at the start of each round, you're going to get a certain amount of power, and that's you can spend that power in certain ways. So maybe you can spawn different figures on the board, and they might cost different power to you spend power to move those figures. Uh, some of your spell books that you can lock, you can spend power to do different things. And basically, it's a race to the end. You're trying to race to the the threshold, and then whoever wins from there. So. Okay. That's a lot of fun. It's got a massive table presence. Yeah, it's the figures actually right there. Box is probably like ninety. Yeah, definitely not minis. Yeah. Some of those. Um, yeah, those. Whatever the main, the main ones. Yeah, are the pretty, great old ones great are old massive. Ones. So. Yeah. so yeah, I played this one a, a few times. I'm not a huge fan, but I, I like it more than I know, you know. Chaos in the old world. I'm not a. Fan. Everyone else in our group is a fan of it, but I'm not. I like this one a little bit more than that. Um, but again, not. I would never pick this game, but I'm like less disappointed when this gets pulled out versus Chaos. <laughs> yeah, it's, sorry guys. This is one I really I like. These style of games have waned a tad for me. I still like it. the The biggest thing I don't like is when you're drawing like out of the bag the victory point thing. I think it's like from zero to three or four. 
I can't remember exactly the numbers, but oh, it's completely yeah. random what you're drawn. I remember one game, I drew like all the higher numbers, and the other person just drew zeros and ones. And it was like, yeah, I, I won, I beat you by seven points, but it's a hundred percent because of we luck. both <laughs> drew four tiles, and I beat you by nine on those tiles. So it's kind of was like, well, I feel good really, about this win. <laughs> really feel good about this. <laughs> Um, but like you I had like a cheat code, and yeah. the other person didn't. <laughs> I like the asymmetrical play, and I like, like Tim said, the PowerPoint spending system. I like that a lot. So that's really cool. And then if you can't get chaos, get this because they're both probably the same <laughs> price. <laughs> though, so it doesn't be, really, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. So, but yeah, it's solid. All right, number two thirty is Dixit. Uh, it's a party game. Where you're, you basically have some cards that you're trying to give a clue um, about your card. So you're picking a card to play out, and then everyone else that's playing, they're also gonna pick a card that you know you think might uh, might work with that. All right, so you're you're looking to give a clue, um, but you're looking at one that's good, but it's not too good. So you want to either you know have have somebody get it, but not everyone. If everyone gets it, that's bad for you as the clue giver. If no one gets it, that's bad for you. So that's kind of what your goal is there. And then for the other people, um, you're just trying to guess which one the clue is for. Um, yeah. These cards that are out there. It, um, I like that where you don't you don't want to give too good or too bad of a clue. You want to have that middle ground. Uh, the rest of it kind of scares me because it just kind of reminds me of Mysterium in yeah, a way. I was say, so it I'll seems just, like yeah. just like... Yeah, but the artwork is really cool. I yeah, know, like I, so. I like that. There's you know a lot of stuff going on with some of those. So like it, the art leads itself to like, yeah, you can kind of be creative with some of those clues and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, when Aaron eventually picks us up, I'll play it, but I probably won't like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd play it. It's it's never one I would, you know, seek out to play or anything. But I'm kind of surprised that he hasn't picked it up yet. Because it seems like right, right in his wheelhouse. Yeah. yeah, I know he's talked about it a lot. Yeah, I think it's because we all said we didn't like Mysterium for the most part. That's why. Um, two twenty nine. Uh, not sure if I'll pronounce this right, but Hanami Koji, Hanami Koji. something like that. Yeah, that's one hundred percent right. I know. I don't really know a lot about this. I think it's a two player game. Like, I don't know, Michael. What's going um, on here? Yeah, so you have these different geishas that you're trying to win favor from. Like, there's some that are, there's like a couple that are four, a couple are three, and a few that are two. You're either trying to get have the most favor with mo- the majority of them, or have you know because the different points on them add up to a certain amount of like eleven points or something, like a four, four, and a three or something, add up enough points to win. So there's two different ways. Um, so in the game, you're, you get two players, um, and your there's four different actions that you'll be able to do um, for every round. I think one of them is you play a card face down that you're going to put on your side. One of them, you discard something. One of them, you put three cards out. You give three cards to your opponent. He can pick one and play it on his side. You get the other two. And then the other one is you give your opponent two pairs. Um, so you give them four cards. You know They're paired up. And he can pick one of the pairs, or she. Um, so, and then you look at the end. Whoever's got more cards on the different geishas, the seven different geishas, I think it is, um, and see who has more influence on them. 
that was kind of it seemed a little interesting to me the you know the strategy of well what order am i going to do these these four different actions i have to do in and what cards are you going to give the other person but that was the only part i well i like the art too but the actual playing the cards and stuff is like yeah i'll take uh, a i'll take a tim pass on this game I like yeah. the art, and that's about all that interests me. It just didn't seem... That uh, might be something you pick up, then. That's your number one thing. Art, you don't worry about the rest. And <laughs> That's not true. She doesn't care like... at all about anything <laughs> yeah. else, ever. But like this one, it's like, oh, I like the art, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah. 228, we've got Ethnos. Uh, we've all played that. Yep. I think we all enjoy it. Um, yep. really like it. I like doing the different... Uh, and different or, set, yeah. The different, the different races, the different whatever. races, uh, the little special abilities they have in the area control. It's a, it's a good game. Yeah, pretty light game. I, yeah, this one I definitely recommend. I think most anybody can enjoy this game too. So. Yeah, yeah, it's a good one. Two twenty seven is Bruges. Uh, that is the third Stefan Feld game hit this list. Wow, um, a lot of hard and Stefan Feld yeah, here. Good. So I that was... high school principal from Germany is really hitting it. Just a little tidbit of info there for yeah, you, Tim. Thank you. Thank you. This one is another one where bad things could happen to you. Uh, this one looks really interesting to me. It's out of, I actually have tried to purchase this before, but it's out of print. So basically, it's really a card game. Yeah, it doesn't like it's not you know in the year of the dragon. No, not like um, that kind of punishing. Punishing. <laughs> if you so basically bad things there. can happen to you if. You get a third, I think it's a third token of that certain color, something more bad will happen to you. But you can get rid of them, you know, you can you totally know see it coming. You can stop. And it's not like a, a super bad thing that'll happen. Yeah. It's bad, you don't want it to happen, but it's not like, all right, well, I'm kind of screwed here. Sometimes I think you can work it too, where you it doesn't hurt you at all when that bad thing happens. Because it might be, you play a character that just gives you a one-time bonus of like, just say, seven gold. And a plague hits, I'm going to get rid of that character that gives me, it's already done and over with, so it doesn't hurt me to get rid of that character yeah. type of stuff. It is one, it's a game where something that I really like is your cards can do many different things. Yeah. Like, I forget how many different things are on. There's like six or seven yeah, things. Yeah, it's all that it listed can do. on the card, the different yeah, actions you can nice. take it, with it. It lists every single one of them. Like, the biggest difference is like, well, one of the things is the power that they have, but like which color it's going to be and things. But yeah, this one, I, I like that it can do so many things, but they're all simple things. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing. It's a, I think, what do you say, medium weight game? Yeah, I'd say medium. A little bit lighter than some of Feld's games. And his, his lighter and the medium overall. Um, Tim? I'm not really sure what to think about it. Again, I'll try it. Um, if it's not as punishing as You're the Dragon. This no, one would not. interest me You're the dragon more. is like extremely punishing. Yeah, so this one would definitely interest me more than that one. Yeah, yeah. this is one. Next time we go to a convention, if I see this there, I'm going to pull it out and read the rules because his rule books, the rule books for his games are really easy reads. Um, I watched the overview video, pretty much got 90% of the game just from watching that. Yeah. So it's... it's Yeah, and having watched the video, I think with a yeah. you know, quick go through that, I could, you know... Be able to play that, you know, not something where you have to take four hours to read it, yeah. so it doesn't work for convention. So, yeah, I like the it seems like there's there's strategy. Like, all right, I'm gonna try to go a little heavier in these in these couple areas because there's so many things you can do. Another, you know, a lot of points for a lot of different things. Um, yeah. but, but I like you can go heavy in it, but there's a lot of tactics too. 
because because it is that you know having all those different cards that you're getting you know diversifying so that you have options with them so you don't kind of pigeonhole yourself into like i'm only going to use this card for this so you you basically pick up cards to give yourself options to yeah. do things. And you're trying to score majorities in different categories. And you can score yep. the majority once. If you have majorities, the next time it scores, you won't get anything. But I might prevent Tim from getting it if he doesn't have the majority in it. So you yeah, kind of so can block people. As soon as you ever out. have a majority, you get points for it. So you got to decide, well, do I want to just keep this to stop someone else from getting it? Or do I want to like let somebody pass it? That way I don't have to spend any time, Yeah, you know worrying about this one i can go for points in a different get majority somewhere else yeah yeah this one seemed pretty interesting to me what do we got for the last one here tim the last one is ghost stories it's one that i do enjoy quite a bit i love the art on it you're basically defending this village from uh wu fang and uh these legions of ghosts that are just kind of flooding in and just attacking you it is extremely difficult to win it um it always has that feeling of as you start playing it's like oh this is pretty easy you can kind of manage everything and then it just piles on and it just avalanches i think to win you need you need hamhead on your team yeah that's how i won the only game mm-hmm. yep i think i played it once i don't think it, i think it was just once but yeah it it i think i remember it feeling like yeah like you're it doesn't take long in that game you feel like you're in trouble like really quickly yeah and you stay in trouble the whole time you never feel safe right really in it and like you said i just playing it once it would seems like it would be very very difficult to win that game yeah <laughs> which the... isn't a bad thing with it it's a co-op so like that's probably good for a co-op because you don't want to co-op you can easily win Ooh, every right. time yeah yeah, it's got really cool artwork. I enjoy the game. It's been quite some time since I've played it, but yeah, it's it's one I like. So of these games, how many have you guys played? Um, mine would be, if you count um, Love Letter, I'd yeah, be at six. Count Love Letter on apps. I've played... 5.9. <laughs> played nine of them. Okay. Tim? Yeah, I've played eight. Do you have a favorite, Ryan, that you have played? Yeah, I would say... It's probably Cthulhu Wars followed closely by Ethnos. I think the more I play both of them, I think it might end up being Ethnos. But it, Cthulhu Wars right now with that one yeah. close behind. I think Ethnos would probably be my favorite of these, and second would be Spice Road. Yeah, Cthulhu Wars for me. What's one you would least want to play out of all those? The uh, non-played or played? Non-played? I don't want to make Michael feel bad and say demonic. No, I'm kidding. Uh, you can. I, it won't hurt my feelings much. I don't know. I think you really talked me out of Nirishima X. That was the one that was least interesting to me. Well, yeah, yeah, that's it. I would say Telestrations or Hanima, Koji, whatever. Uh, what about most want to play for you guys? Well, it's probably going to be no surprise that which one is my the one I want to play the most <laughs> uh, because I kickstarted it already after looking at it. And that was just like a few days ago. So that was like three days ago I did that. Um, that's Demacher. The other ones I was interested in, all the Feld games looked interesting to me. I'd probably, you know, Bruges probably be the next one on my list that I'd want to play, followed by Tikal. 
Yeah, I mean, you kind of hit them for me. My first would be Bruges, and then I'd also like to play Tikal and Demacher. So those three. Nice. It's between Claustrophobia and Notre Dame, I think, for me. I recommend going with Notre Dame. I'd like you to get Notre Dame. That one is more interesting to me. <laughs> Selfishly. So if that wraps up our top 250 BGG talk, we still have our giveaway going on. You can win a used copy of Istanbul. Yes. Like we said, there's a little piece that Tim had to replace. It's real similar to the original piece. Just slightly smaller, yep. but yep, um, still playable. So playable. what you need to do to get on this giveaway is like our Dual Win Games Facebook page, then post on there what your favorite board game is. The contest is going to run until Friday, September 13th. So, again, if you want a chance to win a copy of Istanbul, like our Dual One Games Facebook page and post what your favorite board game is and do it by Friday, September 13th, and you'll be entered to win. And we'll get a hold of you through Facebook, basically within the continental U.S. for now. We can't afford international shipping, so Michael hasn't garnered enough money for us yet. No. Well, I'm working on it. Not we, really, but... We've been getting Michael to do these episodes... And he's been costing us more money than we expected. So, yep. So, yeah, you blame this, him for you that. You can definitely blame me on this. I'm yeah. okay with it. Also, dual winners, if you want to get in touch with us, email us at dualwingames at gmail.com. Join our Board Game Geek Guild. Uh, that is Guild 3471. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at dualwingames. And we'd really like some uh, five star reviews if you feel we are worthy on uh, iTunes. Those are always great to get us out there more, more people to see the podcast. Oh, yeah. And if you um, want to comment on just how much you don't want me to be on the show, feel free to do that. Yeah, you know, do I, do let us know. I know you don't want me on the show. Just how badly do you not want me on the show? <laughs> yeah, might be helpful. Let us know what are some maybe some next roundtable questions you want us to ask, talk yeah. about. Any uh, uh, ideas for top tens or yep. Yep. games you want us to review? Any of that yeah. stuff. Anything. Stuff you like, stuff you don't like. And, you know, say don't say too many things that you don't like. You, know, you don't want to hurt our feelings <laughs> right. too much. Right. Don't, I will cry. don't just say the entire podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, we'll see you guys in two weeks for another episode of Dual Win Games, a board game podcast. Take it away, Timothy. On episode 19's Table Talk, we discuss player interaction. We review Magnus Storm in 1775 Rebellion. And we continue to go through the BGG Top 250 games. I thought the episode went pretty well today, don't you guys think? Yes. Yeah, I don't think math is that good. <laughs> How about you, Ryan? Do you enjoy this episode? No! I don't think Ryan's having that much fun today because he's screaming a lot. Yeah, and he looks like a little baby now, doesn't he? Yeah. Ryan, calm down. Down and then, even if you figure it out, like eventually did with me. You, wow, you, who's vibrating? You don't. Damn it, that's me. Oh, wow. Getting all over us and a lot, mom. Is yeah. that next year? Me? Yeah, it's you, Tim. Uh, number two thirty-eight is Narashima Hex 
3.0. Nope. Uh, so it's me. Oh, what the hell? I didn't see you had that one in there. Yeah, if you used your eyes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. If you just use your eyes. <laughs> I mean, it's right there. It's... I didn't realize you were going to put two on there, so that's why I didn't. <laughs> I gave you options. Apparently, you well, didn't look at both options. Nope. I know which people would like better.